Cherry Hill Volvo, we have absolutely incredible offers and a plethora of both new and certified Volvos from which to choose. We are eager to offer amazingly competitive prices, plus an additional $1,000 Costco discount on all new Cherry Hill Volvos. When leasing or purchasing a new or certified Cherry Hill Volvo, you become a valued part of our team. Join Cherry Hill Volvo for the pricing and attention you deserve. I am Judith Krepnick, president of Cherry Hill Volvo. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. This is the next generation of talk. Now on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, Rich Zioli. Troops are told to be ready. United States troops are told to be ready. We're awaiting a Pentagon briefing. The president uh, president is addressing uh, America tonight from the Oval Office, meaning he's going to read something on the teleprompter. And uh, yeah, we're all we're all waiting now. A hundred billion dollar aid package that he's proposing for Ukraine and Israel. So at the same time, Jim Jordan is not going to be speaker just yet. Welcome to the show. Glad you're here today. It is Thursday. Philly's on at 5 o'clock, 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. So I know you may be tuning out at 5 o'clock, but don't because we will obviously bring you the the bell, the ding, every time the Phillies score. And uh, it's a busy, busy day today. It's it, There's a lot locally going on, including right in our backyard in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, uh, a lawsuit. A father of three is suing Cherry Hill High School. Federal lawsuit suing the school district and the New Jersey Department of Education over its guidance on notifying parents when their children say they are transgender. And the father and the attorney are going to be here today on the show at four o'clock. So I'm very, very excited for that. And, uh, you know, look, it wouldn't be a, it wouldn't be a, a day of the week ending in why without the vampiric one, Nancy Pelosi, making some comment related to January 6th. This time it's the speaker fight is is January 6th all over again. The fight for speaker of the House is another January 6th. And there's a, um, a viral video going around of Piers Morgan talking to a Hamas comedian. We'll get into that as well. And uh, more details are coming out on the not hospital bombing that was done by a by not Israel, but by an, a, a terror group affiliated with Hamas. The the major explosion was in the parking lot, not the hospital. Five hundred people were not killed. They are now finally starting to correct some of those numbers and the misinformation. But boy, did the media run with the narrative that Israel bombed a hospital, including the New York Times. I mentioned you yesterday putting out a picture of a destroyed hospital that was not that hospital because it wasn't destroyed. A and was nowhere even near where the where the explosion took place. So 
the media jumped on board, jumping on board, blaming Israel, and Democrat politicians did the same thing. And now, slowly, people are starting to walk it back. But it's like any other time that the media gets it wrong. They will just drop the story. They won't actually issue corrections. They won't actually come out and learn from it. They won't even criticize themselves. They'll just sort of drop the story, you know, walk away from it and pretend like it never happened. It's very similar to whenever there's hate crimes that ever happen in this country. Uh, And hate crimes are, are very rare. I'm not saying that they don't ever happen, but they're extraordinarily rare. And most of the time they are what we call fugazis. And that means that they are fakes. And when it's reported that it actually was, in fact, a fugazi, all of a sudden the media coverage just completely goes away, which is how you know it was a fugazi. That's the best way you know. This, the test, whenever there's a hate crime, is does the media keep reporting about it after the initial... 48 hours, 72 hours of media saturation. If the story never comes back, that's how you know it was a fugazi. Also, if you have common sense, you typically know it was a fugazi as well because you just see through these things and you go, I mean, come on, stop. Enough already. Enough. Um, But let's begin with the speaker fight, shall we? Because uh, Jim Jordan is now saying that we're going to have an interim speaker. He's holding off the actual vote until January He's not giving up. And this also comes tonight when the United States of America is prepared to announce a $100 billion aid package, half to Ukraine, half to Israel. Because, you know, we just have a money tree in the backyard that just grows money. And it just it it just it just billions of dollars just drop from the tree every day. And, you know, if you're lucky enough to be by the tree, pick one up. It's like if you buy an apple tree and get a delicious fresh apple this time of year. I love apple picking. And pumpkin picking and all those things that we do. Well, if you're by the government money tree, you can also do billion dollar pickups, too, because the the tree just drops money. That's what just seems to happen over and over and over again. And um, yes, the disastrous trip to Israel by Joe Biden, just absolutely terrible, just a terrible, terrible situation. Everybody looking at him now and going, this guy was really bad. Really bad. And you can just see the advisors behind him. There's been screenshots of of Tony Blinken, the secretary of state, uh, John Kirby, the spokesperson for the national security guys, uh, their faces of just horror. As Biden is walking on on Air Force One and, and babbling about the the hospital parking lot bombing and saying, well, I'm not suggesting that Hamas deliberately did it. It's that old thing. You got to learn how to shoot straight, which is a quote we played you yesterday. You turn around, and you go, what? What, what does that even what does that even mean exactly? Uh, but. <clears throat> All this is taking place right now. And uh, in the meantime, Donald Trump is fighting in court. He's still in federal court and 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 state court and state court again. He's still doing all that. Uh, a lot of people are just turning around, even like the clip we played you yesterday of that uh, Democrat donor who said that the Trump derangement syndrome has really hurt the world. You know, the hatred for Trump, they hated him so much that even though the message was right, even though the policies were right, the hatred of him was just in such a way that it's now hurt the world and are standing in the world. It's hurt America, all of these things that are that are going on. And what can you say? I mean, we we said this, you know, I, I think there's a lot of people right now who look at the state of the world and they would love to trade it all for mean tweets if they could just make a trade. You know, they have do trades in sports or maybe you trade or you buy son trades Pokemon cards all the time with his friends. If you could just make a trade, I'll, I'll give you mean tweets to stop the world being on the edge of World War Three. 
Would you make? Would you be okay with making that trade? Now, sadly, there are some people that are not. Obviously, uh, the people that get rich in the military industrial complex, obviously, uh, warmongers in both parties, the uniparty, they would not make that trade, of course. Now, the people with the hate have no home here signs on their lawn. They will never be cured of their Trump derangement syndrome. Uh, But most rational people would love to make that trade. They'd say, I'll see your mean tweets. I'll see your World War III, and I'll raise you some mean tweets. And hell, he can even tweet about Rosie O'Donnell again, for all we care. Let's just avoid World War III. I think a lot of people are feeling that way today, even if they don't come out and admit it. Oh, and Victoria's Secret is now ditching its woke feminist makeover of recent years as it realizes that, and, and, this, and this is a crazy, maybe perhaps controversial thing to say, men like beautiful women. I know, I know, it's a crazy thing to say, and it's very politically incorrect. So excuse me for saying it, but it's the truth. As a man, I will confirm this for you, that straight men... I mean, gay men, too, like, I mean, they appreciate beautiful women. But I'm saying straight men love beautiful women and they love to see them in sexy lingerie and 90s and and all the other things that Victoria's Secret was known for for years. Except that Victoria's Secret decided at one point that it it would just go woke and become more pro, I don't know, feminist, because I guess recognizing women's beauty is somehow antithetical to feminism, which I've never understood because beauty is a currency. Beauty is a power and women can be beautiful. And why saying that about a woman somehow demeans her in any way, shape or form? I have no idea. They've never been able to say it either, but they just go along with it. And yet people like Megan Rapinoe, the soccer player who hates America, who called out the brand at one point, saying that it sent out a really harmful message that was patriarchal, sexist, uh, and that it, it, it had no idea what it meant to be sexy. And the clothes that Victoria's Secret were pushing out where they were just accomplishing something through a male lens, through what, what men desired. Yeah. Right, exactly, and that's why they did so well. But as uh, OutKick is reporting right now, the uh, the lingerie chain is ditching the feminist makeover, which is which is amazing. That you would think that they're going to bring beautiful women back. Victoria's Secret uh, ditching its woke feminist makeover of recent years as it hasn't translated to business success. Shocking. The brand the brand has decided to move away from its hypersexualized image. Uh, after they saw they had a significant revenue drop, they've now turned around and said they're going to bring sexiness back. Bring it back, baby. Bring it back. Kathleen Chen reported that the brand's efforts to promote inclusivity, which included making LGBTQ plus people, um, <clears throat> women who could shed a few pounds. And look, I, I, there's nothing wrong with saying that. I mean, it's healthy to shed a few pounds. I'm told by that my doctor that all the time. Uh, and and quite frankly, people that just, just should not be on a stage in lingerie. Like, there are certain rules of life. Men should never wear yoga pants. Men should never wear skinny jeans. And, and just certain, certain women may have wonderful gifts, but perhaps maybe being a Victoria's Secret model just is not one of them. That's all I'm saying. It's like I know I can't play for, this, for any athletic team, but particularly the 76ers. I'm not Muggsy Bone. I don't have the ability as a, as a man of, of not very high stature to be a great basketball player. And I don't think there's anything wrong with saying, hey, listen, man, you, you, you can't be there. If I were on the field with the Eagles, I would be dead. 
I'd be dead, literally dead. Uh, and this is the same thing with saying certain women just should not be on the stage wearing lingerie and being a model. I'm not saying that they don't have other wonderful qualities or that they're not beautiful people. Just like I'm saying that I have wonderful qualities and I consider myself to be a pretty good guy. But also I would get killed if I thought I could be on a professional football field. But we, we, we have a problem in society saying these things because everybody's afraid to say these things. And so they, they just turn around and they go, well, you know, maybe we should just pretend like so Victoria's Secret is now going to bring back its fashion show uh, after they had the lowest TV ratings ever when they decided that maybe just maybe maybe bringing back beautiful women and telling woke to go you know, screw itself, was a smart move if they want to start making money again. At some point, these corporations are going to learn from all of this. Uh, Representative Ilan Omar is now walking back comments blaming Israel for the Gaza hospital explosion. That was not a hospital explosion. However, she does not offer an apology. The member of the squad walked back comments on social media blaming Israel for the explosion that occurred in a parking lot of a hospital, but stopped short of offering an apology. And it's a shame, of course, that we have somebody like this in the United States Congress, but this is what her office put out. Our office cited an AP report yesterday that the IDF had hit a Baptist hospital in Gaza. Since then, the IDF denied responsibility, and the U.S. intelligence assessment is that this was not done by Israel. It is a reminder that information is often unreliable and disputed in the fog of war, especially on Twitter where misinformation is rampant. We all have a responsibility to ensure information we are we are sharing uh, is from credible sources and to acknowledge as new reports come in. You spread the misinformation, Congresswoman. You spread it. The media, the corporate media in this country spread it. And a lot of other people spread it, too. They ran with the idea that Israel had bombed a hospital, that Israel had destroyed this hospital and killed 500 people. Ilan Omar initially blasted. Israel in reaction to a post from the Associated Press that read breaking the Gaza Health Ministry says at least 500 people killed in an explosion at a hospital that it says was caused by an Israeli airstrike. Bombing a hospital is among the gravest of war crimes, she said. A, Israel didn't do it. B, the hospital was not bombed. C, 500 people were not killed. Uh, And D, the fact that there were so many people in the corporate media and people like Ilan Omar and Rashida Tlaib and others who were just willing to run with this shows you exactly the problem in this country. And it also shows you why the government is so intent on creating their ministry of truth, where they can decide what's information and what's misinformation. Because they hate the fact that on social media, for example, people were pointing out pictures and saying, how is this, how is this hospital destroyed? The hospital's standing. The parking lot's destroyed. Cars were destroyed. Look, here's, here's something called a, a picture. Here's a before and after picture. Look at it. Look at it. And how is it possible 500 people were killed? Were there 500 people in that parking lot at the time that this happened? And how could it have been an Israeli airstrike, considering that when you looked into the evidence of it, it was very obvious that it clearly nothing that had anything to do with the IDF. She shared information that was completely false. The Associated Press cited not confirmed Hamas. As Washington Examiner reporter Julia Johnson pointed out, Ilan Omar shared information that was completely false. It was a parking lot. It wasn't 500 casualties. It was a PIJ misfired missile. That's the uh, Palestinian Islamic Jihad group. 
What chutzpah to now talk about only using credible sources? She quoted Hamas terrorists. She has no business sitting in the U.S. Congress, said Jewish educator Joel M. Petlin. National Review contributor Pradeep J. Shakir Shankir said, this is effing not good enough. For 24 hours, you and your colleagues have repeated this lie. Even last night, it was clear that at least the facts were in doubt. You owe the IDF an apology. Frankly, you owe the American people an apology, and this is not an apology. This is as close to an an apology as we're going to get, meaning it's not one, said the Media Research Center's Brittany Hughes. Video and audio evidence, along with analysis of the impact site, and intercepted communications have told us exactly who is responsible. This does not remain a whodunit. And the other issue, too, that I have, the, the problem that I have with this is that this issue that a hospital was destroyed, and when you start to correct the record and go, well, actually, the hospital wasn't destroyed, a parking lot was destroyed, you get called out by people who accuse you of spreading misinformation. I got accused of that yesterday. I got accused of that yesterday. Saying, are you really, are you standing by your comments that this was a parking lot and not a hospital? And I said, yeah. And I proceeded to cite all of these sources. Aerial footage, drone footage, camera footage, reporting on the ground, all of these things. Proving that this was not a hospital that was destroyed. I I said it doesn't take away from the fact that this crazy Islamic jihad group uh, misfired a missile and tried to kill people. But... Everybody blamed Israel for it. And then the fact that it wasn't 500 people dead in a hospital and that it wasn't Israel, again, the story goes away. The story goes away. It just disappears. It's like all of a sudden it just never happened because it didn't happen. And so now the media doesn't have the, the ability to come back and say, we're sorry, we got it wrong. New York Times, the Associated Press, they all ran with it. Even the Wall Street Journal, which later on would have one of its own people write an opinion piece criticizing his newspaper for running with the headline that Israel had bombed this hospital, that an Israeli missile strike had had destroyed this hospital. The hospital was not destroyed. 500 people were not dead. Video and audio evidence along with analysis of the impact site and intercepted communications, have told us exactly who is responsible and what happened. This is exactly why the government wants to control information, though. Because they don't like the fact that you can go on social media and see people posting the truth. They don't like the fact that a guy behind the microphone, this microphone, me, can come on the air and give you the truth. They don't like that. They hate that. It gets in the way of their agenda, and it gets in the way of their priorities. So they'd rather just shut it down. This is why I talk about all the time the unholy triad of the corporate media, the government, and big tech working together for the narrative. And whatever that narrative is, the the Hunter Biden laptop story, COVID-19 coming from an undercooked bat burger with a pangolin aioli and a side of raccoon fries, raccoon dog fries, whatever the narrative is. The COVID shots have no side effects. The COVID shots will keep you from getting covid COVID, COVID, COVID shots don't cause myocarditis in healthy young people. All those things, the government wants to control. Because you have the ability right now, for the time being at least, to go out on social media, to, on talk radio, to, to go on YouTube or Rumble or any other sites, and put the actual truth out there. And that's why they work so diligently tirelessly around the clock to try to crack down on speech they don't like it's why they go after people now in court for saying things 
because they want to scare the bejesus out of people into not saying anything. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. We got a lot to talk about. We'll be right back. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friend at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. The Zioli Show on your schedule from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. Don't forget, tonight is uh, Parks Casino Comedy Night at uh, 8 o'clock. So, you know, go to the game at Parks if you want. You can watch the game of Chickies and Pete's over there at 5 and then head over to the comedy show at 8 o'clock. Just from a programming note, uh, our buddy Michael Pelka, Stunt Brain himself, will be here at 6 to do the final hour today because I have to get over the Parks uh, Casino for comedy night. So, got to get a little little, uh, transportation time you know so mike will give you the ride the final hour but we will have uh full game coverage for you throughout the game meaning that every time the phillies score tonight you will hear henry's bell henry would you give us a would you be kind enough to give us a demonstration of the bell that we can expect to hear tonight exactly every time the phillies score like the other night it was 10 runs so we would have heard the following Thank you, Henry. Well done. I appreciate that. I, I do. I, from, a, from my own personal enjoyment, I appreciate that very much. Yeah, of course, of course. At least you. I can do. Uh, another programming note. Tomorrow, I'll be filling in for the great one, Mark Levin, starting at 6 p.m. So I'll be on the air from 3 to 9 tomorrow. We will take Levin's first hour live on the show, uh, live on the station tomorrow at 6. So you'll hear me from 3 until 9 tomorrow. So tune in for that six hours of uh, of high high quality radio, or at least the highest possible radio I can do. Johnny Cook asked a great question too, and I you know I got to follow up on this. Actually, speaking of Fugazi stories, he asked a question. He said, "Rich, um, whatever happened to the guy who stabbed the Muslim kid twenty six times out there in MAGA country?" Great question. 
Hmm, I don't know. Uh, and just a few moments ago, Jim Jordan came out and said, I'm still running for speaker and I plan to go to the floor and get the votes and win this race. He says he is not giving up. He's not giving up the fight here. And what he wants to do is he wants to um, he wants to try to do a consensus thing in the meantime, but he's not giving up the fight. This is Jim Jordan from earlier today. Cut number two. I'll just ask, at this point, do you think that empowering McHenry for a short period of time might give you more chance to win over some of those skeptical we're, Republicans? We're looking to bring the conference together. We're going to talk about all kinds of options, I think, at the, uh, is, is at what the conference. Is- but he said, uh, I'm, quote, I'm still running for speaker and I plan to go to the floor and get the votes and win this race. There you go. And there's a story over at the Daily Caller that Republicans who are voting against Jim Jordan are doing it to spite Matt Gates. That's what members are saying, that they're doing it just to spite Matt Gates, which is stupid and petty, and they should not do that. Uh, we are about to get a briefing from the Department of Defense. Now, I, I normally would not jump in and take these things. However, I'm very concerned about what the president's going to say tonight. I'm very concerned about where all this goes. I think we all are. I think we're all concerned about the United States of America getting involved now on two fronts here in the Middle East and Ukraine and what that means for our country, what it means for world peace, what it means for all of these things. So if the Pentagon happens as U.S. forces are being targeted now by Iranian proxies, apparently that's the that's the Chiron, that Iranian proxies are now targeting U.S. forces. I told you, and I'm not I'm not suggesting it's not happening. What I'm what I'm just simply saying is that these reports of drones and rockets at rocket attacks outside an Iraq air base. I'm just simply saying that in Jack Carr's latest book. Russia. Goes down and and does an attack on Israel, blaming it on Iran to start World War Three. And I just think that Jack Carr is either one of the most very proficient people out there or just a guy that has just the greatest imagination possible. But what we're hearing right now is that the United States of America, we are effectively now under attack, so to speak, by Iran. It's exactly the kind of thing that you hear. And then a few hours later, the president of the United States goes and gives an Oval Office address. And you start to say to yourself, uh, where's all this going here? Where are we what, what's happening? Is, are we is World War Three with Iran about to break out? And what does that mean then? As we're on this front with China, uh, with Russia, and Ukraine, and Russia and Iran are, are besties, and then China's involved here in all this too. What does all this mean for us? And I think when you start to question these things, and Israel is telling troops to be ready, and U.S. forces are intercepting drones headed for a an American base housing troops in iraq and they're saying that this came from iran i I don't know i you 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 start to get very concerned so with that said let's let's uh get ready to jump in here to the pentagon briefing and find out what's uh what's what's happening as soon as they go to it i guess okay Additionally, we are also enhancing our fighter aircraft presence in the Central Command region to provide additional capabilities. By posturing these U.S. naval assets and advanced fighter aircraft in the region, we aim to send a strong message intended to deter a wider conflict, to bolster regional stability, and of course to make it clear that we will protect and defend our national security interests. 
To that end, the crew of the guided missile destroyer USS Kearney, operating in the Northern Red Sea earlier today, shot down three land attack cruise missiles and several drones that were launched by Houthi forces in Yemen. This action was a demonstration of the integrated air and missile defense architecture that we have built in the Middle East and that we are prepared to utilize whenever necessary to protect our partners and our interests in this important region. There were no casualties to U.S. forces and none that we know of to any civilians on the ground. Information about these engagements is still being processed. Uh, we cannot say for certain what these missiles and drones were targeting, but they were launched from Yemen, heading north along the Red Sea, potentially towards targets in Israel. Our defensive response was one that we would have taken for any similar threat in the region, where we're able to do so against our interest personnel and our partners. This attack may be ongoing, so if we have more information to share, we will. But again, as the Secretary has made clear, we have the capability to defend our broader interests in the region and to deter regional escalation and broader expansion of the conflict that began with Hamas's attack on Israeli civilians on October 7th. The crew of the Kearney did just that, and across the force, we will remain vigilant to any other potential threats. And while I'm on the topic of threats, let me provide an update on the reports of several drone attacks against U.S. facilities in Iraq and Syria. Early yesterday morning, Syria time, October 18th, the Atat garrison in Syria was targeted by two drones. U.S. and coalition forces engaged one drone, destroying it, while the other drone impacted the base, resulting in minor injuries to coalition forces. Also, the same morning in Iraq, early warning systems indicated a possible threat approaching the airbase at al-Assad and base personnel sheltered in place as a protective measure. Though no attack occurred, sadly, a U.S. civilian contractor suffered a cardiac episode while sheltering and passed away shortly thereafter. And our deepest sympathies and condolences are with the loved, one, loved ones of the individual who passed away. And as you know, the day before, on October 17th, U.S. military forces defended against three drones near U.S. and coalition forces in Iraq. In western Iraq, at al-Assad Air Base, U.S. forces engaged two drones, destroying one and damaging the second, resulting in minor injuries to coalition forces. Separately, in northern Iraq, U.S. forces engaged and destroyed a drone near Bashir Air Base, resulting in no injuries or damage. And while I'm not going to forecast any potential response to these attacks, I will say that we will take all necessary actions to defend U.S. and coalition forces against any threat. Any response, should one occur, will come at a time and a manner of our choosing. Now, in light of all of this activity, Secretary Austin continues to actively engage with his counterparts and leaders within the Middle East. Today, he conducted a series of calls, which included discussions with His Highness President Sheikh Mohammed bin Zayed of the United Arab Emirates, Amir Sheikh Tamim of Qatar, and Saudi Arabia Minister of Defense Khalid bin Salman al Saud. Secretary Austin also spoke with Israeli Minister of Defense Yav Gallant just a few moments ago. And during these calls, he reiterated U.S. support for Israel's right to defend itself from terrorist attacks and also underscored the importance of safeguarding innocent civilians, both Palestinian and Israeli. He emphasized again that any country or any group thinking about trying to take advantage of the situation in Israel to try to widen the conflict should think twice and not doubt the resolve of the United States. It is our aim to avoid any regional expansion of Israel's conflict with Hamas, but we stand ready and prepared to protect and defend our partners and our interests, and we will act to do so. 
Readouts of these calls will be posted to the DOD website later today. And with respect to U.S. support to Israel, the first shipments of military aid, including munitions, began arriving in Israel last week and continue to arrive on a near-daily basis. This assistance is comprised of capabilities requested by Israel to include precision-guided munitions, such as joint direct attack munitions, small diameter bombs, 155-millimeter artillery ammunition, and other categories of critical equipment. In addition, Iron Dome interceptors from stocks that the United States has in-country have been quickly provided to Israel. And in the days ahead, we'll be flowing additional Iron Dome interceptors so that Israel has the capabilities they need to, us to sustain their Iron Dome defense systems and protect their citizens and cities from rocket attacks. We will leverage several avenues available to us to include our stocks and industry channels that reinforce the United States' unwavering and ironclad support for both the Israeli Defense Forces and the Israeli people. As always, the Department of Defense will continue to support, plan, and undertake these critical missions professionally and with the inherent right to protect our force. And with that, I will be happy to take your questions. We'll start with AP Tarkat. Thank you, General Ryder. Could you also talk about, uh, <coughs> apparently there's a new round of attacks at al-Assad that is occurring either now or has happened today. Uh, do you have any information on that? Yeah, thanks, Tara. Um, I've seen uh, some reporting on that. Uh, I don't have any details to provide right now, but certainly uh, as more information becomes available, we'll pass that along. And then more generally, as this violence has uh, upticked since the hospital bombing, um, what protection measures are you taking, particularly like for the forces in Entente, where there's been so much activity over the years as fighters have tried to move weapons and people toward Hezbollah? Yeah, certainly uh, we take force protection extremely seriously, uh, and we will continue to do so. I'm not going to get into specific force protection measures other than, uh, again, when we have forces in harm's way, we're going to look at all possible uh, efforts to ensure that they uh, remain safe and are able to, to stay focused on their, on their mission. So this is something that we'll continue to monitor, um, but again, um, that we, we are going to take force protection very seriously. But can you say, like, you've strengthened or taken additional force protection measures, and are you seeing more activity, more drone activity, like, in the last couple of days than you have, you know, for the last few months? Um, we are certainly taking appropriate force protection measures to, to ensure the safety of our troops. Uh, again, I'm not going to get into specifics. Uh, clearly, uh, th this is an uptick in terms of the types of drone activity we've seen uh, in Iraq and Syria. Um, but again, um, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. Thank you. Jeff. Hi, sir. This is a sensitive question. There's a lot of talk among uh, special operations veterans that when President Biden went to Israel, he uh, had a picture taken with some service members who look like special operators. Can the Defense Department confirm, be, the White House took this picture down, that these were in fact special operators? And if so, are they, uh, is there a policy against having special operators have their uh, picture taken? Yeah, thanks, Jeff. I'd, I'd have to refer you to the White House on that. I just don't have any information to provide. Thank you. Let me go here to Dan, and then we'll come to Peters. There were Delta Force members. Uh, these attacks in uh, Syria and Iraq, the Pentagon commonly often ascribes the blame on those two Iranian-backed militias or some similar description. Do you have the sense that's the case here? 
So we're continuing to assess uh, the, the nature of these attacks, uh, and, and that's something that we'll uh, continue to look very closely at. As you've mentioned, uh, in the past, we have seen uh, Iranian-backed militia uh, conduct these types of things, but as of right now, I don't have any specifics to provide. Uh, more broadly related on Iran, do you have any update on whether or not you see Iran, uh, Iran directly tied to the Hamas attack of October 7th? Um, no. At this point, again, uh, the information that we have does not show uh, a direct connection to the Hamas attacks on October 7th uh, as, as it relates to Iran. Again, that's something that we'll continue to look closely at. All that to say, we do know, uh, as you've heard others say, that Iran uh, has a significant relationship with Hamas in terms of funding, training, and support. Uh, and so, uh, again, in that regard, they, they certainly uh, bear some responsibility. But again, no direct linkage to these attacks, and we'll continue to keep an eye on that. Let me go to Idris. Just a clarification uh, about the USS Carney. You said the hands say for certain where or what the missiles were targeting. Can you say that you do you believe that they were targeting the Carney, or do you believe they were not targeting the Carney at this point? Again, what I provided at the, at the top right now is uh, is what we know. Uh, again, we'll continue to assess this. Can you talk about what naval assets you have in total in the Eastern Med and Red Sea? I think there was the, the USS Mount Whitney yesterday that went there. How many ships do you have in total in the region right now? Sure. Um, so I'm, I'm not going to provide a laydown of, of all of our forces in the region, Idris, other than to say, as you know, that the USS Gerald Ford strike group uh, does remain underway in the eastern Mediterranean. Um, the USS uh, Mesa Verde uh, is in the Mediterranean as well. Um, we've got, as I mentioned at the top, the Eisenhower transiting the Atlantic Ocean right now en route to the eastern Mediterranean. Uh, the Carter Hall and the Bataan uh, currently remain underway in the Gulf of Aden. I know there's been some questions about that, and I'm just going to leave it at that for right now. Yes, sir. Earlier today, the State Department issued kind of a worldwide caution alert for Americans abroad. Given what we were talking about, some of these drone attacks and uh, attacks on other U.S. facilities abroad, I'm curious, is there going to be some sort of blanket warning for U.S. service members and their families? Are there any fears that these attacks will be more geared towards U.S. service members, uh, even if not just in the Middle East, but more broadly worldwide? Yeah, so I'm, I'm not tracking any specific threats uh, in that regard. Obviously, as I mentioned earlier, we do take force protection seriously no matter where uh, we're serving, and so we'll continue to do but that. No general warning like state did. Uh, again, two separate things, right, in terms of State Department and its responsibility to warn U.S. citizens, the U.S. military, by virtue of our mission, wherever we're serving, we're going to take appropriate force protection measures. But I'm not right now aware of any specific threats against U.S. service members and their families, which is what I think you're, you're asking. Megan, I'm sorry, did you have a question? Okay. Let me go to the phone here real quick. Let me go to Gordon Lubold, Wall Street Journal. Yeah. Hey, Pat. Um, just two questions. One is on attribution. Is there any reason to think that uh, the perpetrators behind these attacks are not what they have been in the past? I know you're still investigating, but I'm just wondering if there's any reason to think there'd be anything different. One and two, just to clarify, has was there any um, American aircraft uh, or other property damaged in any of these uh, attacks? I can't remember if you said it specifically or not. Yeah, thanks, Gordon. Uh, so in terms of uh, the attribution for these attacks, again, that's something that we're continuing to look at. Um, and I'm, I'm not going to have any information to provide right now uh, in terms of the impacts of those attacks beyond what I've provided. 
All right, let me go to um, Rebecca from BBC. Hi, thanks for taking the question. Um, I wondered if you can confirm or you had any comments on these reports that the IDF has the green light to, has been given the green light to enter Gaza. Um, so I, I've obviously seen the, the press reports on that. I'm not sure what that means uh, as, as it relates to IDF operations. I would refer you to them uh, to, to talk about their operations. Thank you. Let me go to Courtney. Um, the, the American or the contractor who died of the cardiac event, was he or she an American citizen? I will get back to you on that. And then can you say how many drones were shot down and what kind, and what did the Carney use to shoot down the, the um, cruise missiles and the drones? Please. Yeah, thanks. Um, so I don't have any information to provide on the specifics in terms of uh, what system the Carney used to take down. Um, so if we're able to make that information available, we will. Um, and then in terms of the number of drones, I think I kind of laid that out, right? You said several. So, yeah, that's about as specific as I can get right now. Okay, and then just one other, I, I think this is Idrissa's question, but I may be wrong. You said that the, you don't see any direct connection to these this uptick in these recent attacks and to October 7th, but I wonder if you see any connection to this uptick, because it, it really, this is a, a departure from where it's been for the past several months. If you see any connection to what's, to what's happened after October 7th. So to the fact that the Israelis are talking about a massive ground invasion, they're already doing these airstrikes. Is it tied to that? Potentially? Yeah, so, so you know, the reality is, Courtney, I, I don't want to uh, allow my imagination to fill in the gaps uh, and, and the supposition. Clearly, there are tensions in the region, um, which is why you see us working so hard right now to make sure that we're keeping lines of communication open with <coughs> regional leaders uh, to make sure that we're sharing information uh, and also for actors in the region uh, to, to understand our message loud and clear about deterrence to pretend, prevent uh, potential miscalculation. Um, again, as we continue to look at this and analyze uh, the, the nature of these attacks uh, and uh, attribute these attacks, you know, we'll certainly know more, um, but that's where we're at right now. In the meantime, again, our focus is going to be continuing to uh, ensure that. All right, we, we can are, jump out of this. Um, this is uh, the United States Department of Defense, the Brigadier General, addressing as Iran proxies attack near U.S. forces. Uh, this is all leading up to a presidential address tonight. This is all leading up now to the United States of America saying that Iran is uh, provoking us. This is where we stand right now. And I think that these things, uh, they're all happening. And the reason why we don't have a speaker right now is because there are a lot of Republicans who are very leery that Jim Jordan will not just write whatever check that the Uniparty wants him to. And that's part of the reason why I think he's not getting the support right now that, that he should be getting. I think these things are not happening in a vacuum. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. All right, let me tell you about my buddy, Dr. Mike Venaria. Uh, we understand how important our veterans are to us. We, we, we do. We appreciate them so much. So does Dr. Mike Venaria. That's why every year he holds a veterans breakfast, and he's doing it this year on Veterans Day. That's right. Saturday, November the 11th on Veterans Day, Dr. Mike is going to say thank you to our veterans at his annual Veterans Breakfast and also free community shredding event. That's right. Free community shredding event. 
You can bring your papers there and get them shredded. Veneri is a great guy, and he's my dentist, and he is the master of dental implants. He really is. Dental implants, these are very complicated dental procedures. You have to understand that. So you want to go to a guy who is so good at this, who's been doing this for years, and you don't want to go to these big chain dental offices. You want to go to a guy who's been based in the community for 25 years, and for the last 10 years, he has been recognized by his colleagues as best dentist in New Jersey for 10 consecutive years in a row. That's what I'm talking about so that's who you want to see that's dr mike venaria venaria dental.com v-a-n-a-r-i-a venaria dental.com uh he's such a good man he also takes pride in every single work the job that he does and that means something too that's why people keep coming back to him year after year two offices to serve you in cinnamonson and woodbury just reach out to him today for your free dental implant consultation by going to venariadental.com and make your reservation to, you don't have to make a reservation just show up just show up and join us on saturday november the 11th for his free veterans day breakfast and community shredding event at a cinnamonson office on riverton road Dr. Mike Venaria, 856-786-2020 or VenariaDental.com. Thanks for listening to the Seoli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the Odyssey app. All right, so we went a little long there, obviously, with the press conference, but that's okay. It's how we roll on the show. We go with the news, and we uh, we break it when we have to. But a little bit after 4 o'clock, we're going to talk to a local dad in our region who is uh, suing over this the, the transgender policies in schools. And I guess this is a great federal lawsuit, and we're going to have that conversation. Uh, news is going to develop throughout the afternoon. I have no doubts about that around this Israel uh, situation, around Iran, around all of it. So we'll, we'll be all over it for you leading up to Biden's address phillies play at five o'clock comedy show tonight at parks is at eight o'clock so we got a lot going on there's obviously going to be a very very busy day the one thing i will tell you and this is an important point to note is that uh whatever joe biden says tonight he'll be reading it he didn't write it and he probably has no idea what the hell's even going on and i think we all can agree on that point 855-839-1210 on twitter at rich zioli listen let me tell you about my friends at nj diet they're going to be there for you every step of the way helping you lose weight just as everybody's putting the pounds on this holiday season and the playoffs and everything else nj diet's going to help you lose a contractually guaranteed 20 to 40 plus pounds in only 40 days with nj NJDiet.com. NJDiet.com. It works. It's all natural. There's no shots, no hormones, no prepackaged foods, and no surgery. So wait, what are you waiting for? Just reach out to my friends at NJDiet.com. They've helped so many people. You get the doctor's personal email, the doctor's cell phone, the doctor's phone number. Uh, maybe it's a cell. I don't even know. And uh, and they're with you every step of the way. And you keep the weight off. Guaranteed. Guaranteed weight loss of 20 to 40 plus pounds in only 40 days. Locations close by in King of Prussia, Cherry Hill, and Newark, Delaware, or live online video consultations at njdiet.com. Lose the weight for good. 20 to 40 plus pounds guaranteed with njdiet.com. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7, Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia, from the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. This is the next generation of talk. 
Now, on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, Rich Zioli. Jim Jordan says he is still going to fight to become the Speaker of the House of Representatives, and he's got a lot of people on his side still pushing for him. So maybe Jim Jordan will get there. Let's hope. Let's keep our fingers crossed. I know that he would be a fantastic, fantastic speaker. Uh, 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. If you want to weigh in today, I'll keep you posted on that. But first, I want to go to our guests. We have some guys in the area, and I'll let you guys put them up for me, Henry, if you would, since it's two individuals joining us at once. I want to welcome to the show uh, Rick Short. Rick Short Jr. is a father of three Cherry Hill High School students. He's filed a federal lawsuit against the school district and the New Jersey Department of Education. And joining him is Thomas Stavola Jr., uh, attorney at law, the office of Thomas Stavola Jr., specializing in vaccine injury law, constitutional law, family law, and employment discrimination. Gentlemen, thanks for joining me here. I've I appreciate it. Thanks, Rick. Hi, Rich. Thanks for, Thanks having, for having us. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, let me start with you, Rick, if I could. Uh, you, you three kids, Cherry Hill School District, so you're a local guy. Uh, what made you take this action? Well, Rich, I mean, have you basically heard that all New Jersey schools have gone wild with ideologies and everything? I mean, you know this, right? You know this? I know this. I've got kids in Jersey schools. I know this very, very well. Okay. All right. All right. Well, just 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 let me let, let me point out two things, which makes it even more absurd. First, first we have Cherry Hill Schools pushing Dr. Seuss. That Dr. Seuss has racist cartoon monkeys. You know, we, we need to stop that. They're teaching that Black Lives Matter is it is a good organization after they just black after Black Lives Matter just you know uh, endorsed Hamas, and then they want to solve everything in Cherry Hill with hate has no home with a nine dollar lawn sign. So. You know, when, when, when the entire thing came around with parental rights, I was thinking, like, what if my, you know, what, what if my child who's a freshman goes in, go, goes into school, meets a, meets a counselor, and then after the counselor, he can change his name, and then by senior year, I wouldn't even know this. So, I mean, that's the gist of the case. Um, but it's, it's all in this crazy world of uh, ideologies that... Yeah schools are having yeah look i mean you said it quite well you know the the notion that that uh, a child can go to school and identify as transgender and that the parents have no right to know what's going on in their kid's life it infuriates me as a parent the very notion of this and schools do not have to follow this that's the other thing about this this is the important point about this and that's why i'm glad your attorney's joining us uh thomas stavola jr Counselor, help us understand here this policy that the that the state of new jersey has uh, adopted here which now now, of course, the Murphy administration is suing several school districts over. But as I understand this, I mean, the school districts do not have to participate in this. This is not something that is a mandate. That's correct. The New Jersey guidance was promulgated by the New Jersey Department of Education, and it directs school districts to adopt a policy via this model policy that effectively provides that schools should keep confidential a student's transgender status or any expression to change their gender identity, and they're under no affirmative duty to notify parents about this or obtain their consent. So while it's not technically binding in practice, most school districts did in fact mandate it, and that's the fulcrum of this lawsuit here. The Cherry Hill School District did in fact mandate this policy, which is binding upon both the parents and the students and it provides that it effectively blocks the parent the parent child relationship 
by concealing their gender identity, which gender identity, as we contend in our lawsuit, is fundamentally a psychotherapeutic intervention, as psychiatric experts have explained and we've cited in our case. This is a situation and a conversation that warrants parental involvement. The, the best interest of the child is at stake here, and all stakeholders really are hoping to pursue and seek the best interest of the student here. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. And the point that you just said, which is which is so important to underscore here, is that the district did not have to adopt this policy. They, they chose to. And the school districts are getting bullied into this around the state of New Jersey. They're getting bullied into this around the country. And right. you've got school districts that fear that they're going to lose state funding if they don't adopt this policy. And that is not the case. Now, secondly, you made the other point, too, which is uh, that, yes, when we're talking about children here and transgender issues, there's a whole lot of other things going on in their lives we don't know you know is it mental illness depression drugs as parents we need to know these things so we can deal with them as parents but the problem is that phil murphy king philip the unaccountable the governor he doesn't want anyone to dispute the notion that children who say they are transgender are transgender that's it period that's the way it is and there, there could be nothing else here going on and so for if that's why he wants to keep people like you out of it rick because you and and me we would come out and say that's bs there's something else going on here with my kid and i need to address it and i need to know about it but that destroys their narrative that this is perfectly normal Rich, Rich, one more thing. You know, they, they, everybody victimizes the, the, you know, our parents. Like, I'm not going to beat my son up if he, you know, changes his gender. I'm going to be more mad at the school district because you hid him for four years. Then, you know what I mean? Like, why would I beat up my son? Why, why did, you know, the BOE think I'm going to beat up my son when I'm going to be really mad at the schools? They don't think you're going to beat up your son. That, that's a lie that they tell. That, that, that's one of the great excuses that they say to keep you out of it. They say, well, because, you know, we have to protect these children from their parents and the parents might beat them up or hurt them. That's an absolute lie. The thing is that the state believes that they are your parents, that they are the parents of the children. And the state just does not want anyone disputing what they have decided is science, that children can, in fact, change their gender, which we know that they cannot. And so the state does not want you to be able to go and say, you know what? It turns out my son was just actually depressed or it turns out my son was just looking for attention or it turns out my son was using drugs or any of those things. None of those things are allowed to be to be brought up here. Thomas Stavola Jr. Let me bring you in, counselor, here, uh, because that then destroys their narrative. And this is an administration right. we've seen in New Jersey that controls information, whether it is on covid vaccines, whether it is on this gender ideology in schools. Um, and they want no they want no dissent here. And one of the other issues is precisely that, that teachers and school, school personnel only have one small window into a student's life. So it's, it's a nigh impossibility that teachers or school personnel would be able to forecast or assess exactly what's going on in that student's life without the parent's involvement. And the policy itself inverts the constitutional standard by assuming that the parent is unfit to parent their child. And we know under the federal constitution that parents, there's a rebuttable presumption that parents are fit to parent their child. And you need to, and in order to refute that, it needs to be a clear and convincing showing in court on a case by case basis. We can't simply presume that the parent is unfit to parent their kid.
Yeah, absolutely. You're 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 so spot on about that. I'm glad you're stepping up here to do this. And this is important because there are three school districts right now that Matt Placken, the attorney general of the state of New Jersey, is suing. It's made national attention over this because those school districts have said uh, we are going to notify the parents. We are going to let them know. And I've got friends who are running for school board. This is one of the issues that motivates them. And they tell me all the time and I hear it time and time again. Rich, we are told by the New Jersey state. State Board of Education, we're told by our attorney, other school board attorney, that if we don't adopt this policy, if we don't do this, we are going to lose state funding. And they're terrified of that. Rich, Rich, you know what? You have to vote for, for candidates that are in NewJerseyNetwork.org. I mean, they are the candidates that are pro, pro-parent. So if people don't vote for those New Jersey net, uh, NewJerseyNetwork.org um, you know, that, that's how we beat them. Agree. But I mean, let's talk about the issue of funding for a second here. There, there's the state has no grounds to take away funding for school districts if they don't adopt this policy. This, this is not a mandate that the state has said that am, am, am I I mean, that's uh, I'm not incorrect in saying this. Right. Uh, Tom Thomas Devola. No, that's that's correct. It's not a mandate. And the other actions you referred to regarding the school districts, the state attorney general pursued that under the New Jersey law against discrimination. And their allegation there was the policy to notify parents somehow disparately impacts students who have a transgender status. But the difference with our suit here is we're making allegations under the 14th Amendment of the Constitution. So a victory here would supersede anything under state statute. It goes beyond uh, the state law. Good. So let's talk about the the federal aspects of this case and why you've chosen to go into, in, in, into federal court then. Give us the overview of that in, 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 in this argument, because some some might say it's a it's a novel legal theory. We've heard a lot about that in the news lately. Right. In in fact, there was a recent case in Wisconsin that actually prevailed uh, using an argument highly similar that that phrased this that framed this lawsuit as a 14th Amendment substantive due process challenge that parents have a right to direct their children's health care decisions and medical decisions. And parental rights are one of the oldest and most fundamental rights enshrined by our federal constitution. And when you have a fundamental right at play, it warrants a very strict scrutiny review by the courts. In other words, there's a presumption that the, the plaintiff, the parent in this interest, in this in- instance, should prevail g- given the gravity of the fundamental right involved. And Parents have a fundamental right to direct the, the medical decisions of their kids. And that's exactly what this is. When we're discussing gender identity and transgender status, it is, in fact, a health care decision. And that warrants a parental involvement. An excellent point. It's an excellent point. Joining me right now, Thomas Savola, Jr., attorney at law, and Rick Short, Jr. Rick is the father of three Cherry Hill High School students. Uh, you're exactly right. And, and, and parents need to be able to make health care decisions for their children. I mean, we all know the... the exactly. The, when I was a kid, when you guys exactly. were kids, to get an aspirin, you had, to, you had to get your parents' permission. Now, when kids turn, right. I think it's 12 years old in the state of New Jersey, the kids have to opt their parents' in to healthcare notifications. I mean, it's completely upside down here. Yep. Yep. So what's and next? No Where do we go? Yeah. go ahead. Go ahead. 
I, I mean, if no one challenges them, they're just going to, you know, the, the schools ha- have taken the power from the parents. So now the parents are coming back. And I, I want to thank Thomas because he's, he's amazing. And as I understand this, Thomas, you're doing this case pro bono. Did I read that correctly in, uh, in, in the NJ.com piece today? Yes, that's correct. The arrangement uh, we made was was a pro bono case. However, uh, the, the goal here with the lawsuit and our request for relief effectively seeks to have the policy amended or stricken. And if it's amended such that the school would be required to obtain parental consent and notify them in the event any student expresses a desire to change their gender identity. So what we're really looking at here is the lynch of the linchpin of the case is the parental notification and consent. That's really the key aspect here that's fundamentally unconstitutional. Yeah, good, good, excellent. I, I love I love this uh, this legal theory here that you're pursuing in federal court. On the issue of uh, parental rights in general, I mean, I, I know that this has become one of the hotbed issues around the country. Uh, you, you deal in vaccine injury law as well. There's, there's a lot of parents out there who are very concerned that at some point the COVID vaccine could be mandated for their children, for example, and they're very concerned about that. And they're, they're, they want to make sure that that does not occur. Uh, they want to make sure that they're able to make these health care decisions right. for their children. And I, I think that right. all of this is, is tied together. It's, it's, it's the notion that the, the state, whether it's the state with a small S or the state with a big S, they, they know best what's, what's better than you as parents. And they want to make these decisions for you and your children. And they want you to have no say in this because they believe that when you turn them over to a public school, you've given up your rights as a parent. And that's just simply not the case. And and this is an argument now that's going on around right. the country. This is what the left is pushing. It's this notion that the minute that, that that bell rings, those kids are not your kids anymore. They're our kids, meaning ours being the state. They're ours now. And we get to call the shots and we get to make the decisions. And that is absolutely not how it is supposed to be. That's correct. They only have a certain amount of control and authority. If you look at the constitutional standard, schools do have the power to set curriculum. And generally speaking, they can direct the education of the children to a certain extent. But when it comes to health care decisions, as you noted, medical interventions, the the gender identity issue, the, the weight strongly tilts towards the parents. Parents have the right devolves upon the parent to control all of those decisions. Great. Excellent. Good. Well, listen, best of luck, uh, gentlemen. I'm glad you're doing this. Keep us posted here. I, I appreciate Thank it. You. you know, Rick, you started Thank by, uh, you by really much. teeing. Oh, yeah. Before I let you go, you got you, you started, Rick, by teeing off on all the things that are going on in public schools. And, you know, I say this all the time. The important public, the most important elections going on right now are these school board elections. And parents need to step up and they need to get involved here and they need to back the right candidates because it, it's not simply... Not we don't all have the ability to just send our kids to private school. You know, I hear that argument all the time. Mm-hmm. Well, just send your kids to private school. A lot of people can't afford to. And secondly, I refuse to just give up. We pay way too much in property taxes here in this state. I just refuse to give up the fight. So I'm glad you guys are in the fight. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Cherry Hill for Jen, Jack, and uh, Nick. Jen, Jack, and Nick. Jen, Jack, and Nick are the candidates running for school board in yep. Cherry Hill. Jen, Jack, Cheryl, and they're, Nick. They're the people you want to vote. They're the people you want to vote for. All right. Well, listen, Rick, we got a, we got a, a lot of people listening to the show in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, so I appreciate it. All right, guys, thank, thank you very you. much. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you, Rick. Thank you. you too. Yeah.
The Rich Zioli Show on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. All right, 855-839-1210 if you want to weigh in on Twitter at Rich Zioli. Uh, also, I should mention to you, in regards to this this battle here over the, the transgender nonsense that's going on with our kids in schools, uh, a, a big part of this, a big part of what the left is pushing here with this agenda is designed, of course, to make everybody believe that there's an unquestionable unquestionable uh, evidence that transgenderism in children is real and that there is no debate. There is a huge debate over this, which is why countries in Europe have banned the practice outright in terms of doing surgical mutilations on children, giving them puberty blockers or any of these other drugs, puberty blockers, which, by the way, are not approved by the FDA. There is a huge debate over this issue, but there are people with political agendas who do not want to have this debate because they know that they're going to lose. They know the science doesn't back them up because boys are boys and girls are girls. But what they're trying to do is to shut down debate. Again, this goes with what I said at the start of the show today and what a theme that I've been saying throughout the show, which is that the reason why the left so desperately wants to control information, why the left wants to control information and have misinformation boards and everything else is because they don't want there to be debates on these things. They want to say the science is settled and Johnny can become Susie. The science is not settled on that fact because Johnny cannot become Susie. There's a lot of reasons why Johnny may think he wants to be Susie, but the fact is he can't become Susie. And that's what needs to happen happen here but the government the left this particular administration and you see it with the democrats all across the country nowadays going so far out on this issue and part of the reason why they want to shut down debate is because the minute that evidence and science is brought to the table their entire argument their narrative their bs falls apart 855-839-1210 on twitter at rich zioli we're getting ready for parks casino tonight we got a big show but i got to tell you my buddy tom skopanich the law offices of thomas g skopanich he is a great great guy who's going to fight for you if you are injured in an accident that's right if you're involved in an accident you have to get an attorney on your side a guy who's going to battle for you and forget these billboard lawyers out there these guys are clowns you want a guy who's going to uh reach out on your behalf and fight for your case with and against the insurance companies when necessary. And prior to starting his own law practice, Tom Skopinich used to work for and on behalf of the insurance companies, which makes gives him a unique understanding of the strategies and the tactics that these insurance companies use against you when they're fighting your case. So don't rely on them, rely on him. He's going to maximize your settlement, and he's been doing it for 25 years, serving people on both sides of the river. Tom Skopinich is licensed in Pennsylvania and New Jersey. So no matter where you are, he can fight for you. Just reach out to him today by going to scopelawyer.com, S-C-O-P-E lawyer.com, the law offices of Thomas G. Skopinich. And unlike the billboard clowns who are out there with all their massive billboards, this is not a massive firm. This is a guy who you're going to meet with directly, who's going to fight for you directly and has decades of experience of getting people what they deserve, which is the maximum settlement the law offices of thomas g scopenich scope lawyer.com the zioli show on your schedule from talk radio 1210 wpht in the free odyssey app 
Kale and Company weekday mornings, 6 till 10. America's always been sympathetic to the fact that you can separate civilians from terrorists. And that's what we have to do. If they don't want to take the Palestinian refugees from the Gaza area, why should the United States, if you're not wanted in your own region of the world, why are, why should we be the Motel 6 for everybody that's not accepted? Start your day with Kale and Company. Weekday mornings, 6 till 10. On Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and the free Odyssey app. So many listeners are enjoying beautiful, easy-to-maintain homes thanks to Rhino Shield, and you can too. Dom Giordano here with my good friend, the local owner of Rhino Shield. John, take it away. It's John from Rhino Shield. Fall is here, and now would be a great time to protect your home with Rhino Shield's 25-year guaranteed exterior house paint. Don't let your home's exterior weather another winter without our exclusive weatherproof house coating. It goes on like paint and looks like paint on any exterior surface. But with Rhino Shield, your home is protected, and you'll never have to paint again. Join thousands of your neighbors who have already made repainting a thing of the past by calling Rhino Shield today for a free consultation and our lowest pricing of the year. Call us now at 484-406-5111. That's 484-406-5111. Or visit us online at MyRhinoShield.com. Remember, traditional paint just doesn't last, but Rhino Shield does. Hey, neighbor, what you doing? Just getting the groundwork done to put up my new fence. Oh, good. Did you contact Pennsylvania One Call System to check the underground utilities first? Nah, there's nothing but dirt back here. Oh, no. Whoa, I think that's a water main. <laughs> yeah, well, you said you always wanted a pool. <laughs> All joking aside, you should call Pennsylvania One Call. You're right, I'm going to call Pennsylvania One Call. But first, cannonball! Know what's below. Contact 811 before you dig or visit PA1Call.org to submit a locate request to have underground utilities marked. Have you heard all the talk about fresh pet food? Well, a dogs and cats rule, when it comes to fresh, healthy ingredients, we lead the way. Hi, I'm George Parenti, and I'm here to tell you there's nothing better nutrition-wise than fresh food for your pet. Stop in to one of our seven neighborhood locations and ask our expert staff how a real, fresh, meat-based diet can change your pet's overall health and well-being. Shop online at dogsandcatsrule.pet. Dogs and Cats Rule. Shop small, shop local, shop family. There's so many discounts and offers at Cherry Hill Volvo. This 30-second spot is not enough time to share all the benefits of purchasing or leasing a new Volvo from Cherry Hill Volvo. Discounts and incentives for this month start at $5,000 and can be as high as $11,000. Purchase or lease a new Volvo from Cherry Hill Volvo now and take advantage of these fabulous discounts and offers. Visit us soon for the best selection of Volvos. The entire Cherry Hill Volvo team is waiting to partner with you. Free speech lives here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. And on the free Odyssey app.
fired up for tonight's game. First pitch is 5 o'clock-ish, and uh, this is a great story. Fans are actually buying tickets to the NLCS Game 3 just to keep the Diamondbacks fans out. Good. Keep them out, I say. Throw them out. Get them out. And the tickets are not cheap, by the way, um, but they are dirt cheap for Game 3. And this is amazing because, you know, I first of all, I don't think, I don't think, that the next time the Philadelphia Phillies come to Philadelphia, and you guys can tell me, Henry, you can tell me if you think I'm wrong. I don't. I don't think the Phillies are coming back to Philadelphia without being the champions of the National League Championship Series. I, Am I correct in that assessment? Yeah, I'd have to agree with you 100. Uh, percent Yeah, the Diamondbacks don't have the firepower needed to take down the Phillies right now, and it's very obvious. So these tickets are in Arizona, and and they're this would never happen in Philadelphia. If, if tonight, if the game tonight was in Philly, you could never get away with this. But there are tickets right now for Game Three that, as of right now, are going for about twenty five bucks on SeatGeek. I've seen even cheaper than that. I've seen them as low as like seven, seven dollars, seven dollars for Game Three of the National League Championship Series. Correct. <laughs> So what we have is we've got Philly fans around the country, around our area at least, buying up the tickets online so that the stadium will be won't be packed tonight. Is that is that the thinking? Yeah, that and uh, I think a lot of the people are donating them to uh, like boys and girls clubs and charities across uh, the Phoenix area too. Well, that's nice of them, but then they'll have fans there though. At least it'll be for a good cause. That's true. Yeah, let's let's see. Let's do me a favor. Let's do a quick check. Go on uh, SeatGeek or any of these other shows if you want for me, and let's just or any of these other um, uh, sites and just see how how cheap you can get tickets for if you don't mind. Just do a little do a little digging for yeah, me. I'm doing that right now. Let's see. Let's see how the game three tonight with uh, and what time is first pitch? Five oh seven p.m. I believe. Uh, I believe so. Yes. Five oh seven. I just got to have these odd times, 5.07, not 5.10, not 5.15, not 5, but 5.07. Why is that, anyway? Uh, I think I think it's a, uh, like, you know, if you just say it's at 5, it doesn't matter. But if you say 5.07, people are going to turn in at 5 anyway. Oh, right? I see. So it gives you a little bit of, like, you know, runway to turn it on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm looking at a game time right now. Uh, cheapest ticket right now looks to be $14. 14 bucks for tonight's game three championship game. Yeah, 14, 15, 17, all over the Damn. stadium. Damn, you see, this is the time I wish I was out there right now, don't you? Totally. I mean, I, I, I guarantee you a lot of Phillies fans across the area are thinking, like, should I buy a plane ticket? Would that be cheaper <laughs> than just, you know, going to the Phillies game here? Could I go to Arizona and then come back that night? Yeah, it, well, that's a that's a great question because if the Phillies come back, the champions, which I think they're going to, then the next chance you're going to get to see them in Philadelphia is in the World Series. Correct, and we don't know when that would be because we don't know who's going to win that other series. We don't know, and so the question that I have then is how expensive is that going to be? I, I can only imagine that's going to be, you know, before taxes, at least three fifty four hundred for even wow. just the you know standing room only. Wow. Man, I mean, I'll someone, what, someone correct me if I'm wrong on that, but they've been. I mean, I went to the NLCS last year, and that cost me, I think, all of like two twenty, like all in with taxes. And it was, you know, the NLDS was two twenty before taxes, so I didn't even yeah. go to that. You know where I can watch it for free? My house, and I don't <laughs> mind that either. By the way, I don't mind. I don't mind. I don't mind at all because I got the bathroom right there. I got the wine fridge right there. You know what I mean? Yeah, and the energy is so high at the stadium anyway, you can feel it coming through your TV screen, so it's like you're there. 
Yeah. I'll tell you what, though. I mean, this is an amazing time. The energy in that stadium, my buddy went to the ballpark the other night, of course, didn't invite any of us, but he said <laughs> you could literally feel the entire Citizens Bank Park shaking. You could feel the shaking from the energy. D-Bag, D-Bag, excuse me, D-Bag had a cough there. <laughs> D-Bag's fans are not like that. No. I, you know what? And it's, it's sad because I think of the four like fan bases left. Obviously, you know, Philadelphia's number one, but I think they'd be number two. They They show up for Diamondbacks games, and I think... Well, I think the way this series has gone, they're they're kind of down on their luck right now. They don't really want to go. Uh, but you know what? They're the I'd say they're second best. But no, it's nothing like the bank. No, and the and and, and the thing about the D bags is that, the, and I, I think you, their fans are very much similar to this as well. They've given up hope, and when you've lost hope, it's over. Psychologically yeah. speaking, that's why the home. That's why. Starting at the at the bank mattered because the the psychological boost of going into game three tonight with two not just wins, but I mean the last game was a was a shutout against the D bags. So the fact that that backs, excuse me, I have this tickle in my throat today. <laughs> I keep sure. having this issue. Uh and so yeah, that's psychological advantage. But when you've given up hope, it's over. It's over, baby. It's Come done. on, move it's on. Done. Like that's, and you're seeing it reflected in the ticket prices when they're only fourteen bucks. And somebody just told me that there were three hundred people who were standing the other night at the game. Three hundred standing room only two nights ago at the at the ballpark. Only three hundred. Like yeah, I, I would expect more. Yeah, maybe I'm misunderstanding the text. I'm looking at the standing room section now for a hypothetical, I guess it would be game five if it ends up back in Philadelphia. And those tickets, Oh, she's saying it was $300 for a standing room yeah, only ticket. Yeah, okay. $339 for game five if it ends up coming to back. To stand there, just to stand just there. Just stand, no seat. Um, whereas Arizona, you can get a seat right now for 15 bucks on StubHub. So there's a pretty enormous disparity in pricing. Now, the game starts, obviously, in about a uh, half hour or so, give or take. I want to know if that price goes down by the time of the first pitch. Oh, yeah, totally. Because I, I was thinking about doing this with my friends is just, you know, being down. Like, you know, these games have been starting at 8. You know, this show ends at 7. So, you know, staying around here, waiting to see if the ticket prices drop, and then going to the game. Because after uh, game one, I think, you know, the tickets drop from – you know, 300 plus down to around 100 after the first pitch because people just wanted to sell them. I'll tell you something else, too. I think that if you are those people that sit in the, in, in, you know, the cushy seats in the, what do they call that? The, the Diamond Club. Diamond Club, right. If you don't get off your ass and stand up and be a good fan, you should lose your tickets for the next season. That's what, that's what I think. I, I'm in agreement with you. I'm tired of seeing them sitting down the whole time. I, on their phones, yeah, on eating the phone. food, on right? The, on the phone is what I can't stand. Like, you have in-between innings to do that. That You have a good two minutes to see what's up and then go back to the game, and then, you know, in another ten minutes, you can look at your phone again. Yeah. While the action's happening, look at the game, be involved, yell. <laughs> yeah, yell, have a shirt on. Hold. The, I don't know, can you hold a sign if you sit in that section? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I wouldn't imagine he can. See, I made my sign. It said, go home, D-bags, but they wouldn't let me bring it into the ballpark. <laughs> Wonder why. So, now, but the problem is, as much as, as the, the playoffs are, are, are great to watch and they're fun, um, they're also sabotaging relations, apparently, according to an article from NJ.com, how the Eagles are sabotaging the sex life of seniors. What? Excuse me? 
Yeah, so according to the story here, not everybody in the area is happy that the Eagles are now 5-1, and one, or yeah, 5-1, and one, possibly headed for their second consecutive Super Bowl. If you ask seniors, as the Philadelphia Inquirer did, not enough uh, tushes are getting touched in the land of the perfected tush push. Turns out that around South Jersey and Eastern Pennsylvania, uh, the NFL stands for No Fun Ladies. There's a woman in Bucks County. She says that many of the men she meets are, are duds. She, on the other hand, is a lover of aerobics and travel. She's 69 years old, and she meet, and she says many senior men simply can't keep up. They'd rather sit on the couch and watch the Eagles than actually go out and, and, and do something. I don't blame them. I respect that. <laughs> the Eagles are pretty good. Yeah. I respect that, too. She also says, I haven't met anybody who wants relationships. They just want sex. Men are still the same. She's 69 years old. She's saying that. So, see, some things don't ever change. She's a grandmother of five. But it's got to be hard. I mean, if you're not a sports fan right now, like, let's say, for example, you're on a first date and you make tonight the first date and you're not interested in sports, but the other person is. It's not going to go well. It's just not going to go well because one of you is going to be wanting to watch the game. Don't you think? A hundred percent. All my focus would be gone if this were me. I'd be looking at the TV the entire time and be like, uh-huh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah, yeah, that's great. Uh, what, else, what else do you do? Uh. Yeah, so that's, that's the, this is, the, this, probably until, I mean, maybe after the Super Bowl can people start going on dates again. Uh, otherwise, they're going to have to wait, I guess, because, I don't know, I don't have any faith in the Flyers, Henry. I know you do, but I don't well, really have any I have faith, faith for the future, not right now. They're going to be bad this yeah. year they're, I mean, gonna be, I, they're gonna be bad yeah i mean i don't think it could get much worse in the last two seasons but record wise yeah they'll be in that same ballpark as they've been mm. well either way we'll be watching the game tonight uh we will be monitoring it we'll be dinging the bell henry give us a bell ding if you could Thank you. Johnny Cook just said, wine fridge while watching baseball. You are dead to me. Listen, pal, I'm a sophisticated man. I'm not ashamed of the fact that I like to drink wine during sporting contests. I'm not ashamed of that. That does seem kind of elitist. Hey, listen, you you of all people should not comment on elitist, Matt, to sink the traitorist. <laughs> I'm not drinking wine during You that. wearing your Harvard sweatshirt today? No, I'm wearing one that's... Speaking a, of D-bags, listen, the thing about it is... It. That very, why, what's wrong with drinking wine and watching sports? You don't think they drink wine in Italy when they're watching sports? Uh, they're watching soccer, though. Is that really a sport? Well, that's a fair point. But nevertheless... What's I don't understand. So wait, if, if, if to watch baseball or football, you gotta have a you gotta drink a beer. I think yeah, you have to have a beer. It's got to be out of a can. Yeah, you can't you can't be uh, messing with a glass of wine. Oh, I would re- I, I reject this outright. <laughs> I reject this notion. Well, I think I think there should be you know a product kind of geared towards this in in the wine category. There should be you know ballpark wine type of thing. Ew. Well, they have wines and wine in cans now. The problem is it's just not all that great. Yeah. See, when I go to the stadium, my problem is when I do my tailgates, I have my my sommelier there. I have I decant the wines. <laughs> you know what I mean? I've got the spittoon in case you don't want to swallow it. I've got it all there. It's laid out, you know, and, and that. And, and so granted, at the tailgate, people turn around and they're like, can you just make me a sausage and give me a beer? I get that. I understand. I've learned my lesson the hard way with that. Yeah, that's a good point. What are you eating with the wine? You just nibble on like crackers and cheese or you having caviar or something? Caviar? What is wrong with you? I mean, where do you come from? Who the hell eats caviar with wine? What am I? What am I, Russian? No. What you do is you. 
see, and this is the problem, though, when you're at a tailgate, is that as everybody there is swirling the wine around and I'm, I'm yelling at them, would you please taste it and not just chug it? Enjoy it. Let, let the flavors develop around your palate. And they're going, shut the hell up and hand me a yingling. <laughs> and I get that. I understand that. I totally get it. It's all right, though. Now I understand why they didn't invite you to the Phillies game on uh, what was it Tuesday? Yeah, well now you now you see what I mean. The people that I travel with. Uh, speaking of uh, the economy, I should mention this as well because I believe, if I'm not mistaken, the two of you both commit federal offenses and you share passwords, right, for Netflix and things like that. Am I right? I'm not admitting to anything on air, but yeah, maybe. smart. Well, Netflix now, they're trying to limit their password sharing. See, I have a friend who's cheap and keeps using my my password for Hulu. It's like, would you suck it up and pay 10 bucks already? You know what I mean? Is it that hard? Is it really? Are we that? Is Are things that bad that you got to share passwords at this point? In your, I feel like if the, the requirement should be if you have a job, you should be able to subscribe to something. <laughs> I can't even talk. I'm looking at my uh, my web browser now. I have... A subscription to Peacock, HBO Max, Amazon Prime, Hulu, Disney Plus, um, and I think I pay for one of those. Well, the problem is now more and more of these sporting contests are going on these paid streaming services, which is also annoying to people. Did you notice that? I, I, I believe the game is... Well, if you're a cord cutter, I guess it works out if you have a subscription because I think HBO Max had the Phillies game the other night, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, they have it tonight, too. They have it tonight. All right, so think about it now. If you don't have Xfinity, if you don't pay for cable and you want to watch the game, you have to then subscribe to HBO Max or steal a password if you want to watch the Phillies game or go to like Chickies and Pete's tonight at Parks Casino where I'll be. You can do that. But that's real. Those are your options. Amazon Prime's gotten into this game. HBO Max has gotten into this. And, and they're not stupid. They know why they're doing this because people are cutting the cord. But then all of a sudden you turn around and go, oh, I really want to watch the game, but I don't subscribe to HBO Max or Max as it's called now. So now I got to fork over, what is it, 15 bucks a month to yeah. that? I know Amazon, uh, you mentioned Amazon Prime. If you want to watch Thursday night football, you have to be a subscriber. Uh, yeah. Otherwise, you're, just, you're, not, you're not getting that game. I think when all is said and done, and again, I'm, I'm not a numbers guy, but I think when all is said and done, it's going to prove to be more expensive to have cut the cord than to have not cut the cord. You're probably right, because it does seem as though these subscription services have sort of like devolved into what cable was. <laughs> like they, all of their programs are on these sep- separate uh, subscription services. Yeah. So if you want them, um, you kind of have to recollect them all. And it's as if you, you had never cut the cord in the first place. Well, that and then all these subscriptions, they're coming with tiers now. You know, this tier has commercials. You want to pay more? This one's Oh, no, they're there. coming with physical tiers because people are crying when they get their <laughs> bill every month and they go, I can't believe how much money I'm spending streaming everything. Yeah. But, but you see, Xfinity's got, got you by the, uh, by the you know, the, the, gonads. the gonads. Thank you. Because what happens is if you just call them up and you go, I don't want to pay for cable. I just want internet, which you need internet to stream all these things. They go, no problem. So for... Th- for dial-up services, three hundred dollars a month. Basically, you if you don't get the TV package, you get you pay so much for the internet that it makes it almost completely ridiculous to not just go all in and get whatever package they're offering. People are learning this the hard way. So, by the way, when you get the subscriptions, do you pay for the commercial-free version? 
A hundred percent. I'm not sitting there watching commercials, which brings me to our great sponsor right now here on Talk Radio 1210 WPH. No, look, because if I'm going to pay, I'm paying. I don't want to have commercials. You understand my point? What an elitist. It's like five bucks more. But that's the thing. This is this radio show is free. It's a free show. So you have to deal with me talking about our wonderful sponsors who keep us free on the air. I'm not going to play a a, a game here. The game being that you're going to get sort of it free, but if you want it to be commercial free, you got to pay more. I'm being told I'm wrong. I'm wrong about what? Oh, TBS has the Phillies. Oh, TBS. Yeah, but if you don't subscribe to Xfinity, how do you watch TBS? Right? You need a subscription. You need a... So you have... If you want to watch the game tonight... And you don't pay for Xfinity cable or whatever, Verizon, whatever else. You can't watch the game unless you then pay HBO Max. I don't think TBS has their own streaming service, do they? Uh, I know they have an app, but yeah, I think you need to sign in on something to watch that, right? (laughs) Right? I mean, that's what I'm trying to understand. Either way, you're going to be paying money to watch this game. If you don't have an active subscription for something... In other words, if you're not paying a monthly cable bill and you want to watch the game tonight, you're going to have to. You're paying money for it one way or the other. Is my point. Sorry. I so guess. if you think you're cord cutting, then you're you're still you're still paying money. Is what I'm saying here. Also, I got distracted. Ispo facto just posted an image of your tailgate spread. Did you see that? Oh, that's fantastic! <laughs> Look at that wine and cheese and grapes and charcuterie. <laughs> Cheese, you love it. People would love to come to my tailgate. Except the only thing he got wrong is that I would never drink that that swill wine that he has there in that picture. What's the matter? You couldn't find a stock image of Yellowtail? Please, give me a break. Give me a freaking break. So it's not fancy enough. No, but my point is, if I'm going to pay for something, I don't want to hear the commercials. If I'm not paying for it, then I'll deal. Then I'll understand. That's the trade-off. That's the thing. And so this show's free. You deal with our wonderful sponsors. But if I go, I'm going to pay. I, I'll charge you five bucks a month to listen, and you still have to deal with the sponsors. I've got a problem with that. That's why I don't like when I have to pay for something and still get commercials. So I, I will. Right. I disagree. Okay. I, I think the point of the streaming services is that you're able to watch it on demand. And, you know, the, the commercials are annoying. They're there. But I'm, you know, if I'm not willing to shell out the extra money to get rid of the ads, it's fine because I'm watching what I want on demand. That's- now, listen, my buddy Tommy's not getting my point here. He says, you are wrong. TBS has the Phillies. It's on most basic services like Sling. You have to pay for Sling. Sling's not free. You got to subscribe to that. It's a streaming service you have to pay for, right? What the hell is Sling? You don't Sling is, um, no. it, my point is that everybody who thought they could cut the cord and save money, I think is finding out now when you add it all up, it's probably more expensive is my guess. I don't know. Again, I'm not a math guy, but it seems like we're moving in that direction as a country where the, at some point there's going to be a bubble here that bursts. There's too many streaming services. There's too, you know what I mean? It's too much. Like last night I wanted to watch a show by myself. Bridget was out. So I opened up a bottle of wine. Of course, the kids were in bed. Mama Zioli finally figured out how to work the freaking oven and went to bed <laughs> and Papa Zioli went to bed. So I'm by myself and I figure out I'm going to open up a nice bottle of wine, let it decant, let it breathe do the whole thing watch the show so do i watch it on netflix hbo max do i watch it on hulu do i watch it on showtime do i watch it on you see my point amazon prime and they all have their own shows at some point this system cannot hold you're right 
But I, I think that's what what's happening right now is everyone's jockeying for position. Like you see HBO uh, combining with uh, Discovery and making it just max because they want that right. whole market. And I think that's what. So you've be. cut the physical court, but you've signed up for streaming eighteen different services. So how are you actually getting ahead in life? Is my point. Those I think a lot of those eighteen services will just die, and then there'll only be like three again. You would think that, but they seem to be expanding. If anything. And because we'll Xfinity is the Comcast is the the worst. You can't. I'm telling you, if you just try to get the internet package, if you just try to get the internet package without getting all their other nonsense, good luck. You're going to wind up paying more. I'm telling you, porn is free. That is true. That is you still can get that free in America. That's a very good point. God bless America. God bless America for that. That's fair. Unless you're on OnlyFans. And by the way, my OnlyFans page, we'll do a, we're going to do a special update tonight at 9 o'clock. All right, anyway. Uh, we'll be at uh, Parks Casino tonight at 8 p.m. for the comedy show. And I'd love for you to join us there. The doors open at 7. The show starts at 8. We've got a great show tonight with Kevin Downey Jr., Marion Grodin. I'll be on stage with Mike Baldini. And we'll have a lot of fun. Of course, Joe Conklin, man of a thousand voices. It would be uh, great to see you there tonight. So you can start the game at 5, which is only in what 15 20 minutes look and by the way you know the reason why i talk about stuff like this every now and then is because if i don't my head will explode like i'm filling in for levin tomorrow shameless plug so off from three to nine if you think that from 3 p.m to 9 p.m i'm only talking about israel or the speaker's race or something you're mistaken because what will happen is by 8 45 i will take an anvil to my head literally to my head do you understand what I'm saying, Matt DeSantis? <laughs> not, that doesn't sound good. Sounds Does like not a sound good. cartoon. And uh, you have to light. We got to lighten. The world has to be a little bit lighter. Everything. We're in the precipice of World War Freaking Three right now. I'm looking right now at the TV, and they're going. You know, the Chiron says Iran is is shooting rockets at us, and Biden's going to give a speech tonight, and you know. So, I, I guess my point is that. Rush used to call it the stick to the issues crowd. You remember that back in the day? He would always say the stick to the issues crowd or texting me and saying, Rush, get back to the point. Rush, get back to the point. Because Rush would go on these tangents about football and Rush would go on tangents about all kinds of different things. He would just talk about whatever he wanted to talk about. I've adopted the same philosophy in life, which is that if I want to talk about something, I'm going to talk about it, whether you like it or not, because I'm not charging you to be here. So I'm not you're not paying to be here. So Rush used to always say the stick to the issues crowd would yell at him. But he also made the point a lot of times that if we don't every now and then take little detours, we're all going to lose our freaking minds. And I feel like this right now, this moment at this time today, what is it now? Thursday, October 19th at 448 ish p.m. At this point in time, I think that's never been uh, more clearly stated, in my my opinion, anyway. So, just saying. Uh, 855-839-1210, if you'd like to join in. Marcus Aurelius says, wouldn't it be great if you could just buy a TV, turn it on, and watch all your channels for free without having to connect to anything? <laughs> yes. And, Marcus, let me make a suggestion, too. If you want that TV for free, just walk in and take it. Because there's... you, They, they don't stop you from doing that anymore. Remember, most TVs nowadays are under $1,000. The threshold for... <laughs> For retail theft, is at $999. So most TVs are well under that price. In my opinion, my suggestion, and again, I know I'm not supposed to encourage lawlessness on this program, but my suggestion would be if you need a new TV for the game, just walk in and freaking take it. Walk in and be like, what are you going to do? It's, it's Hey, look at, look at the, you, there should be an app, a retail theft app. <laughs> 
where you get to point to the woke George Soros funded prosecutor in the city and say, he said, I can take this if it's under nine ninety nine. And with the sale price right now, it's eight fifty seven. So and then they would come back to you and go, but the fine print, if you look under Larry Krasner's picture, the fine print says sale items excluded. You can only steal at retail, full retail price. So therefore, you got to put it. You won't get in trouble. You just have to put it back. You're not going to get arrested or anything like that. You just have to put it back on the shelf. And then they'll help you. And they should help you. They should be kind and be like, sir, if, you, if you're looking to steal a television, may I show you this wonderful Vizio we have over here? It's 48 inches currently right now, full retail price, $399. So you're well under the threshold. In fact, while you're at it, why not steal some other stuff this is to help you out here? And we can load the shopping cart and get you out. I had to bump him for the Pentagon, but Gabriel Nadalis was going to come on. He'll be on tomorrow. He actually wrote a great piece today about what retail theft is costing us. And I make jokes about it, but it's actually costing America a lot of money. And a George Soros-backed district attorney was carjacked at gunpoint in a George Soros-backed city of New Orleans. That's right. New Orleans District Attorney Jason Williams, who is a George Soros funded district attorney, was carjacked at gunpoint on Monday in his own city while walking his 78-year-old mother to his car when two suspects approached the pair, pointed a gun at them, and demanded his car. But, of course, he probably would have handed them the keys anyway and said they're just victims of capitalism and white supremacy. So a woke George Soros district attorney carjacked in his own woke George Soros-funded city. You can't make this up. So, again, my app, which I think is brilliant... Is depending on the city you live in, you walk into a store, you load your cart, you start to leave. If the bells go off or whatever, you show them the picture of the woke prosecutor and you, you hit it. And the, and the voice can come on and go, he's allowed to take whatever he wants if it does not exceed $999. And the app can instantly calculate for you the cost of all the items you're stealing. I'm on to something here. Between this and White House cocaine dogs and what else did I have? Uh, Escape from Georgia, where the Secret Service rescues Donald Trump from prison to get him to uh, the inauguration on January sixth or, or January of uh, January twenty first of twenty twenty five. What's the? I had another idea this week that somebody stole. I know you had White House Cocaine Dogs Part Two as well. There was a sequel that was in the works. Right. Um, oh yes. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say you need to stop sharing these ideas with the audience because people steal them. You're right. I was just reminded by a good friend of mine in the Philadelphia Police Department that it's $999. The threshold is pre-sales tax. So you have to factor in the sales tax, which I'm sure most of these people are capable of doing. They're all geniuses. So when you are stealing, please, I here's my suggestion. I think everybody should be given a free calculator. Because if you're going to go in there and you've got to deal with this 999 threshold, you've got to deduct the sales price to bring it up to full retail price. Then you got to factor in sales tax. And there's diff- so it's not easy. You know what I mean? It's not easy to be a, be a thief in, the, in America in this day and age. Except for the not getting a prosecuted part. That part, I mean, that part and getting to keep all this stuff. That part's easy. But doing the math around all that is a bit is a bit complicated. Emmons Roofing and Siding, my great friends over at Emmons, would love to help you with your home just like they've helped me. I'll tell you what, they've done amazing work for me over the years. Roof, siding, windows and doors and kitchen and bathroom remodeling. That's right. Emmons Roofing and Siding. Matt and Stephanie pride themselves on doing amazing work for your home. Work you can trust. Work you can depend on. Good people. 
And there are a lot of people out there, a lot of other uh, contractors, they're happy to take your money and run, but Emmons will get the job done on time and on budget, and it will absolutely be to your liking. So we first used Emmons years ago when we bought our, the house we're in now. Uh, needed a new roof. They did a great job. So I turned to them and I said, let's do the windows. They did the windows. Doors, doors. And then let's remodel the kitchen. Let's remodel the bathroom. Emmons has a design showroom in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, where you can check out their work in person or go to EmmonsRemodeling.com. I've trust these guys very, very much, and you will too. You'll be very happy with the work. My friends Frank and Debbie used them recently for their roof, and Debbie said to my wife the other night, she said, such a great job, beautiful roof, and they were wonderful people. So happy that they did the job for us at our home. EmmonsRoofing.com, E-M-M-O-N-S. They serve our entire region, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Delaware, and the Jersey Shore. EmmonsRoofing.com. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7. Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. This is the next generation of talk. Now, this is the drive at 5.30 minutes of non-stop talk with Rich Zioli. Biden's going to give a speech tonight about uh, World War III, or at least uh, how he's going to avert it, but I don't have any confidence that Biden will. And uh, Iran is not playing nice, apparently. That's from the Department of Defense. Welcome back to the show. Glad you're here. 855-839-1210. On Twitter, at Rich Zioli. (coughs) The... um, Pro-Hamas Jew haters Rashida Tlaib and Ilan Omar rushing away from the cameras when asked their questions, asked questions about their lies, their distortions around uh, their pro-Hamas policies. We will get into that as well. But first, I want to start with Jim Jordan, because all hope is not lost here. I, I know that this is not working out the way that we thought it would. You know, we really hope by now Jim Jordan was going to become the Speaker of the House and Hope springs eternal here. I still hope that Jim Jordan will make it. He talked to reporters earlier today, and he said that he still intends that he will become the Speaker of the House, that the vote has been postponed. This is what he said. Take a listen. So I'll just say this. We made the, we made the pitch to um, members on the resolution as a way to lower the temperature and get back to work. Uh, we decided that wasn't where we're going to go. I'm still running for speaker, and I plan to go to the floor uh, and get the votes and win this race. But I want to go talk with a, a few of my colleagues. Particularly, I want to talk with the 20 individuals who voted against me um, so that we can move forward and begin to work for the American people. Good. I'm glad. You know, it's it's really important here that he pushes back. It, Jordan is exactly the guy that we need right now who's not just going to sign blank checks. The one thing that I think everyone needs to agree on is that any aid to Israel needs to be separate from Ukraine. Any aid to Ukraine needs to be separate from Israel. And aid to either country needs to be separate from any continuing resolution or any omnibus bill. In other words, if we're going to have bills that keep the government open, Ukraine funding is out. Israel funding is out. Those votes are separate votes. 
The continuing resolutions, the omnibus bills, should deal with America, period. And then you have debates on the other things. And tying Israel and Ukraine together is another cheap way to give cover for the Republicans who would go home to their districts and proudly say, I voted to give Israel aid against this war uh, with Hamas. But I didn't want to do Ukraine funding, you know, but they made me do it because they tied it together. We got to stop giving these people cover. We got to stop giving these people cover. Enough is enough. See, Jordan will make you have an up or down vote. That's why they're trying to stop this guy. That's why they want to stop him. And this whole idea that um, Matt Gates is to be punished for this, that Matt Gates is supposed to be um, vilified because he got rid of Kevin McCarthy. And so they're not going to let Jim Jordan, who's a good guy and a solid conservative, popular with the base. He's probably the second most popular conservative in America behind Donald Trump over Matt Gates. This is what Matt Gates had to say about that. Cut number one. I think that I'm against Speaker Light. I'm against Bud Light. I believe it is a constitutional desecration to not elect a Speaker of the House. We need to stay here until we elect a Speaker. And if someone can't get the votes, we need to go on to the next person. But but twisting and torturing the Constitution to empower a temporary speaker is having a speaker light that is not constitutionally contemplated is deeply infirm, and I will do everything possible to stop it. Good for him. Good for him for saying so. I also want to mention, you know, as we think about where we are, we, we talked to a father earlier in the show and his attorney. They're fighting the Cherry Hill School Board, the state of New Jersey, under this idea that, hey, listen, you're not going to adopt policies that say that I, as a parent, can't know what my kids are doing when it comes to identifying as transgender. In New Jersey, where King Philip the Unaccountable is the governor, he wants to be the California of New Jersey. That's what he said. He wants he wants New Jersey to be the California of the East Coast. Let me, let me uh, rephrase that. He's very proud to say that. And he wants to run for president. And his own political ambitions are hurting Democrats in New Jersey because his ideas are so nutty and loopy that they don't conform with what Democrats running in suburban districts in New Jersey need to articulate right now. But when you're an arrogant, narcissistic egomaniac and you want to be president like Murphy does or like Newsom does, you don't care. But it should matter because the environmental regulations that these two idiots are pushing the two, the, the bi-coastal idiots here, Newsom and Murphy, two tyrants, one with beautiful, wonderful hair, the other one with a freaking rug stapled on his head. These two guys are destroying this country. Here's what I mean. John Stossel, Reason.com. California environmental regulations are driving truckers out of Pennsylvania. California's new rules which Pennsylvania's Environmental Quality Board opted to copy, will increase the cost of a new truck by about one-third. Pennsylvania's Peter's Peter Brothers Trucking delivers goods all across America. Owner Brian Wenner says Pennsylvania bureaucrats are now driving him out of his home state. He says, we have no say. We can't do anything about it. No say because Pennsylvania's new rules don't come from Pennsylvania. They come from California. And this guy, this trucking company owner, says, I don't want to be anything like California. But too bad for him and other Pennsylvania truck owners because Pennsylvania's Environmental Quality Board decided their state will automatically copy California regulations. California's rules 
will raise the price of a new truck by about one third. Trucks that once cost one hundred ninety thousand dollars will now cost two hundred and sixty thousand dollars. Who's paying for that? You are. We are. The consumers are. Of course we are. Everybody has to deal with the fact that we pay for whatever increased cost the government puts on business. It's passed on to you and it's passed on to me. Period. California regulators said this new air pollution regulation is needed because the trucks that people like this guy Wenner in Pennsylvania drive contribute greatly to serious health and welfare problems. That's ridiculous, he says, though. We have come so far in the last 40 years. In 1980, one truck produced as much pollution as 60 trucks today. So to reduce pollution, we want people to buy new trucks. But if you put these costs on us that we cannot afford, we're going to just run the older trucks. That's what we call an unintended consequence. The regulators don't think about that. They never do. They never do. Because it's not about that. It's not about the environment. It's not about the air you breathe. It's about Gavin Newsom's ego and Phil Murphy's ego. And these two idiots, the bi-coastal tyrants, they both want to run for president of the United States of America. So they're both destroying energy independence for America by making rules in their state that other states are now turning around and adopting. And that is hurting everybody. It's hurting the trucking industry, and it's hurting you. California's environmental regulations are crushing Pennsylvania. This piece from the Daily Signal, John Stossel. And he talks about this. And he says that when you go on and you think about the fact that no one in Pennsylvania ever voted for the standards that now control Pennsylvania because you have this unaccountable board, this Pennsylvania environmental board, much like the executive orders that Murphy issued in New Jersey. Nobody has a say about these things. California's rules will, will soon get more expensive because Governor Gavin Newsom has decreed that soon all new vehicles must be electric. Where did that also Where did that other uh, royal decree come in? New Jersey, King Philip the Unaccountable, coming out and saying that, yes, all new vehicles sold in New Jersey must be electric. But electricity, of course, comes from fossil fuels. In Pennsylvania, some of that comes from coal, and a lot of it comes from natural gas. So to power all electric trucks and cars, Pennsylvania is going to have to produce and burn more fossil fuels. Here's another problem. Electric trucks are heavier. That's right, which means it's harder on the roads. Electric trucks, like electric cars, are very heavy. You know, they are having to redesign parking garages now to deal with the weight of electric vehicles, electric cars. Well, electric trucks are also very, very heavy, heavier than standard trucks. How many times you drive through a town and you see signs that say, no trucks, gross vehicle weight above this can be on this road, and they have all kinds of signs about that? Remember something, they're about to get a whole lot heavier without even having their load, without even having any cargo in those trucks whatsoever. Electric trucks have a very low mileage radius, so you can't work all day. It's nothing that you can take across the United States. So for every big heavy rig that's on the road, the damage that that done to the highway, I had an engineer once tell me, and I couldn't believe this, so I had to ask him twice to make sure that I wasn't mishearing him. The equivalent of one big, heavy 18-wheeler is about 60,000 cars in terms of what it does to the highway. The weight of that is about 60,000 cars. I was like, I can't, that doesn't make any sense when you think about the weight of just, it defies 
common sense and reason. But that's how much that's how much the weight of these big heavy rigs does to a standard road, highway, etc. in terms of the accumulation of the damage. Because it's not just a matter of just timesing the weight of a car. It's a matter of you also have the cars on the road. You have all this happening. Well, now they're about to get even heavier, which means you and I as taxpayers are going to be dealing with more potholes, more damage to roads, and we're also going to be dealing with more fees and tolls to fix all that. Nobody talks about that, do they? Nobody brings that up. Nobody mentions that. That if you've got heavier cars and heavier trucks on the roads, and that does more damage to the roads, that means that all these little commissions out there, the bridge commissions and this commission and that commission, they're all going to turn around and say, well, we got to raise fees. we got to raise tolls. Pennsylvania Turnpike Commission will do it. The New Jersey Turnpike Commission will do it. The Pennsylvania Bridge Commission will do it. They'll, they'll all do it. And again, nobody has a say in any of this. None of this. Gavin Newsom knows that if he's going to run for president one day with that beautiful coiffed hair of his with a carbon footprint of 42,000 tons of CO2 with all the gel he puts in it, because that gel is petroleum-based, by the way, that guy knows that if he's going to be in Iowa competing against King Philip the Unaccountable with that stapled rug on his head, he's got to show all the environmental whack jobs out there that he's more environmentally woke than Murphy is. So then Murphy has to compete by saying, I killed more whales, I killed more dolphins, and I mandated EVs, and I'm mandating electric trucks too. And since these trucks are not going to be able to go all day, they're going to go for shorter distances, that's going to be that's going to increase the cost of labor that's also going to get passed on to you in the form of higher goods obviously this is a recipe for disaster that is waiting to happen and it's all because of egotistical politicians it's the bottom line now bringing it back to the national front for a second here when you think about what can be done on the national front Well, for example, when we talk about reigning in the Chevron deference doctrine, where we say that the executive agencies can't just make up laws and regulations willy nilly and Congress actually has to make laws. Right. We talk about the Project 2025, which I talked about yesterday with EJ and Tony. It's being led by the Heritage Foundation and other groups. It would restore accountability to the executive branch of government. I know you're going to say to yourself, wait a second, doesn't that, isn't that actually uh, the opposite of what you just said in terms of taking power away from these bureaucrats in the executive branch and handing it back over to Congress? The difference is that the executive branch won't make regulations. They'll enforce them. But what they will do is they will have people there who are in the enforcement department accountable to the president. So, for example, if the president of the United States of America tells the EPA, I want you to be more business friendly, the EPA has to be more business friendly because the president is telling them to be more business friendly. And that's a good thing. That's a very, very good thing. On the speaker level, what you have right now is you have a bunch of Republicans who think that they're going to be well-liked if they all go along with what the Democrats like. I asked E.J. Antonia a question yesterday on the show. I said, so... Did Trump spend too much money? He said he did, but you have to realize something. He got talked into it and tricked by the swamp led by Paul Ryan, who came out there and said at the time, listen, just trust us. And it's kind of like that line in Animal House, you know, 
You messed up. You trusted us. Obviously, I censor that. Paul Ryan and the others. Kevin McCarthy's the same way. These guys do these things because they want to be able to have the, the establishment, the uniparty, the corporations, the reasonable pundits, the reasonable people on TV all like them. So they act like Democrats. And you and I get screwed. We get screwed. Truck drivers get screwed. People that buy stuff get screwed. People that buy goods as opposed to stealing them pay more for these goods. And nobody pushes back on this stuff. They're so worried about Jim Jordan becoming speaker that Nancy Pelosi is actually comparing this to January 6th. Here's the clip of the vampiric one as she has risen again, saying this obviously far away from garlic and sunshine. Take a listen. When we've had a... a, uh a speaker's race on our side or their side, we've always respected each other's judgment. But today and yesterday, that, that was an assault on our democracy as Jim Jordan assaulted our democracy on January 6th. An assault on our democracy. You see what she's saying there? Let me translate that for you because I speak vampire. What she's saying is that we've always had speakers in the past who will do what Democrats want. And Jim Jordan's not that guy. See, McCarthy was, but Jim Jordan's not, and that's why we don't want him. And do what Democrats want. If you don't do what the Uniparty wants, if you don't just write blank checks to Ukraine, if you don't just go along with all the regulations that are coming out of the executive branch and you don't try to fight back on these things, then that's an assault on our democracy. An assault on our democracy. Think about that for a moment. Think about that. By the way, uh, Sidney Powell has uh, pled guilty in the case in Georgia. The Kraken, Sidney Powell. I wasn't a real fan of her back in 2020. You know, a lot of people kept doing the hashtags. Uh, what did they say back then? They would say, unleash the Kraken and all these other things. I was not a huge Sidney Powell fan back then. She pled guilty today in court in Georgia. The question is, why? Why is she pleading guilty? Why is she not fighting this? And what does this mean? Is she going to turn on Trump? Is she going to try to get out of this herself and weasel out of this the way that many lawyers do? I don't know. CNN's certainly predicting that. CNN's legal analyst Eli Honig saying that Sidney Powell's guilty plea could be devastating for Donald Trump. Cut number three. It's important to remember who Sidney Powell is. She's one of Donald Trump's closest loyalists. She's somebody who Donald Trump has claimed he relied on her advice to proceed in his effort to try to steal this election. This is a major breakthrough for prosecutors, potentially a devastating development for Donald Trump, because what's going to happen now is Sidney Powell is going to testify for prosecutors in Georgia And presumably, she'll also be prepared to testify for Jack Smith in his federal case in Washington, D.C. She's not indicted in that case, but she's listed as a co-conspirator in that case. She's going to be able to provide insider information that could be really devastating towards Donald Trump. She was in the room where some things, if not happened, were at least discussed, Ellie. She was part of some of these contentious meetings that allegedly took place in the White House before January 6th. How can prosecutors now use her? So you use her to bring your jury into that very room. She will be the guide. She will be the narrator. She will be able to say, I was in this room with Donald Trump, with Rudy Giuliani. Here's what we discussed. Here's who said what. Here's what we knew. And John, really importantly, in order to take this plea and this deal, Sidney Powell is going to have to acknowledge what we did was criminal. It was illegal. It was a crime. 
And so that's going to lend a lot of credibility, I think, obviously, to prosecutors' assertions that what Donald Trump did was knowingly a crime, was an intentional crime. So now they've sort of got an ultimate insider, somebody who has remained steadfastly loyal to Donald Trump, to the stolen election narrative. Now she has flipped. Now she has come clean. Now she's going to be a prosecution witness. You hear how excited they are, the excitement in their voice. What did they discuss that was illegal, though? See, that's that's the thing. What what did they discuss that was illegal? You know, they don't say that. Oh, she's going to be the guide to what was said in the room. What was said in the room? What? This Georgia case hinges on nonsense. Again, it's, it's a freedom of speech issue. They believe the election was stolen from them. Donald Trump calls up the governor of Georgia, Brian Kemp, and says, I only need, what, 11,000 votes or something? He doesn't tell him, go make them up. He doesn't say, go in the back and print them. If Sidney Powell's out there and she's, she's talking smack on Dominion, that's a civil matter. How is that a criminal matter? And Dominion dealt with that by suing her ass off. So where's the crime in that exactly? If these people are all denying the results of the Georgia election, when did that become a crime? It's only a crime if you're a Democrat. So what is Sidney Powell pleading guilty to exactly? But the, like rats, they scurry. They really do. They scurry. They, 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 they really, they, they're just so afraid. So she pleads guilty now in this Georgia election interference case. She admitted to six misdemeanor counts of conspiracy and in committing intentional interference with performance of election duties. What were her election duties? Was she a poll worker? I must have missed that. Following the 2020 presidential election. Prosecutors agreed to diminish her seven felony counts to six misdemeanor counts of conspiracy. She was supposed to join co-defendant Kenneth Chesborough for a criminal trial, but now with this guilty plea agreement, she doesn't have to. She will be required to testify at future trials and write an apology letter to the people of Georgia for going along with former President Donald Trump's claims about election subversion in 2020. So... She was the attorney giving Trump the advice that he should fight. Think about this now. The attorney, Trump's not a lawyer. Trump's a political candidate. At the time, he's president of the United States of America. She's his attorney, and she's giving him legal advice, saying you should go out there and say these election machines are, are being manipulated. You should go out there and say that there's um, voter fraud happening, that Democrats are flooding the mailboxes, and you do all these things. And she's going to, go in court and say that she gave him that legal advice and that's what how's that on him is my question how is that on him but you see what george is doing right now this district attorney in georgia must much like the district attorney in new york much like the federal prosecutor jack smith what they're trying to do is to create this elaborate fantasy in which by donald trump denying that he lost the election American civil rights were violated. How? Joe Biden's president. You can't even show me the harm in all this. As there used to be a thing a long time ago where you'd have to say, well, like, for example, I made a uh, comment to somebody the other day about, well, if I can prove that my reputation was damaged, can I sue? And they said, yeah, if you can prove your reputation was damaged. What's the harm that was caused by anything Donald Trump said when it relates to Georgia? for example, just Georgia for a moment. Joe Biden's president. See, this is what I don't think people talk about enough. All these cases around the election interference of 2020, where they say American civil rights were deprived, how? The guy that you wanted to win won. He's in the White House right now, Joe Biden. 
Everybody who's out there suggesting that dead people voted or the machines were fugazis or that Democrats stuffed the mailboxes or that there were mules out there and everything else, they're entitled to say all those things. Why not? And what's the harm for them saying those things? Oh, well, well, uh, the civil rights of, uh, of the American people were, were hurt because the comments were made that they... Biden is in the White House right now. I mean, the world lost, the country lost. We're screwed by the fact that he's there. But what harm was actually caused by all this? I mean, one thing if you uncovered this plot where Trump is president right now and they found out that Sidney Powell and Rudy Giuliani and all these other people in Georgia, they actually were able to uh, find 50,000 votes under a truck. And I'm sorry, that's what Democrats said and make Trump president or something. But the argument is by by their comments that Trump actually won in Georgia, that the people of Georgia would deprive their civil rights or the election was interfered with. Those comments were made after the election was over. So where was the harm? If you're going to pursue a criminal case against somebody, don't you have to show how somebody was hurt by all this? Don't you have to show how people suffered? Who suffered? The Democrat, the Democrat won. He won. The, he's president right now. So where, what, what are the merits of this case? What is Sidney Powell pleading guilty to? Pleading guilty to being a dumbass lawyer, giving bad advice, going on television and making her Donald Trump believe that by hammering these voting machines that that was in some way, shape or form going to help him? Because if that's the case, then she should plead guilty to that. She gave him terrible legal advice, as did Rudy Giuliani. But that's not a crime to give bad legal advice. I mean, you may be disbarred for it. If you intentionally give your client knowingly wrong advice, that that's a crime. But if you give somebody bad, I mean, there's lawyers every day that give their clients terrible advice, really bad advice. If it's egregious and it's an ethics violation, you could, you, they could bring you up on charges with the state bar. But I mean, there are a lot of bad lawyers out there. Sidney Powell's one of them. So what is she pleading guilty to exactly? Being a bad lawyer? Coming up with this strategy to go out there and have the former president of the United States spend so much time talking about election conspiracy and election interference? Well, then that's on her. And if he said those things, so what? Even if the election had changed and gone his way, so what? He's still allowed to say those things. This is still a free country where you're allowed to disagree with election results and the only reason why i know that is because every democrat who said russia stole the election in 2016 is literally right now roaming the streets a free person they're all free they're roaming the streets as we speak but the enthusiasm the joy the joy that we have here in the cnn panelists going on but that you notice in that entire clip which was about almost two minutes they can't say what actually what actual thing Sidney powell can accuse the former president of they have no idea what this means other than they get to go oh this is bad for trump oh it's really bad for trump trump bringing people like that into his orbit was a huge mistake but it's not a crime and Sidney powell should know better than to plead guilty to this. But again, like a rat scurrying, she's going to try to save herself. So she'll come out and what she'll say, my opinion is she'll come out and she'll say that we all sat around and we decided to create this elaborate hoax 
that the election was stolen with the hopes of convincing people that the um, election should be overturned, that the uh, there should be another election, that there should be uh, there should be a recount. There should be uh, the, the election vote sent back to the state of Georgia. The legislature should look at it. And the only thing I could turn around to say to that is, but did any of those things occur? No. So you sat around and you had a you had a strategy session, a bad strategy session, I might add, and nothing happened. And that's a crime that you just pled guilty to. Oof. 855-839-1210 is the number. I really have a hard time with turncoats like her. I have a, people like her, Michael Cohen, these other people that um, that that flip on Trump like this. They they they. I hope there's a very hot place in hell for them. <laughs> the old saying, we Italians say, hope is a very special hot place in hell for you. I have a real hard time with people that flip. I don't, I, loyalty is very important to me in life. It really is. Loyalty to me is everything. And people that know me know that I am one of the most loyal people you will ever meet in life. But you cross me and I don't forget. And I can't stand and I have no patience for people that pretend to be on your side and then when it serves their interest they flip on you and there's a lot of people who surrounded themselves with trump they were happy to take the money they were happy to take the fame they were happy to go on television they were happy to become social media stars they were happy to become rich but when the heat came down on him because the the intelligentsia wanted to stop him and they still want to stop him then suddenly now they're the the first ones to flip on him isn't that something they're the first ones to flip. 855-839-1210 on Twitter, at Rich Zioli. The White House last night posting out a picture, shameful, awful, hardworking, brave heroes, the United States Delta Force, and they put their faces. These are people in some of the most dangerous theaters of combat, doing some of the most highly classified, dangerous operations we can only read about as the stuff of novels and movies. And the White House put out a picture last night of Joe Biden shaking hands with these Delta Force members and showed their faces so that every enemy knows exactly who they are. And with facial recognition technology, we'll be able to figure them out just like that. And it wasn't only until hours later that the White House media team came out and said it was a mistake after hundreds of thousands of people had viewed the picture of these brave Delta Force members, the elite of the elite, special forces. It was an Instagram post deleted, now deleted by the White House, which was posted uncensored. Thank God good people put the blacked out pictures of the Delta Force members' faces on social media to call out the White House, but they took the time to put the black boxes on their faces so people would not see their faces. The White House's excuse for this was, as soon as this was brought to our attention, we immediately deleted the photo. We regret the error and any issue this may have caused. Any issue? Any issue? These are people that take out some of the, the, the biggest terrorists in the world. Any issue? They're now going to be using facial recognition technology to figure out who these guys are, where their families are. Any issues this may have caused? It's outrageous. It really is. 855-839-1210 on Twitter, at Rich Zioli. Listen, let me tell you, 
As we uh, continue along the show here, I will be getting out of here at 6 o'clock tonight to head over to Parks Casino for Comedy Night. Our buddy Michael Pelka will be stepping in. Of course, he'll do a great job for you. But I'm so excited for December 15th. It's our next time live at the Grand Hotel of Cape May, New Jersey. you got to join us for that. Oh, the Grand Hotel is my happy place. I love it there. I really do. And you will love it as well. The Grand Hotel of Cape May beautiful indoor heated pool big whirlpool game room for the kids Hemingway's restaurant right on site with breakfast lunch and dinner and wonderful people who will take great care of you so what are you waiting for go there today and make your reservation and use my name Zioli and you will save 15% off your midweek bookings that's right midweek bookings just simply go to grandhotelcapemay.com grandhotelcapemay.com and use my name Zioli and mark your calendar for December 15th these live shows are a blast we always have an incredible time together we have a lot of fun we laugh we enjoy each other's company and you will love staying at the Grand Hotel so whether it's a romantic weekend getaway or a time to take the way to get the kids away for the week whatever you want to do make it at the Grand Hotel of Cape May wineries breweries great restaurants so many fun things to do and the crowds are gone the weather is great make your reservation today promo code zioli to save 15 percent off your midweek stays at my happy place the grand hotel of cape may new jersey the zioli show on your schedule from talk radio 1210 wpht in the free odyssey app it is uh, thursday night phillies are underway i have not heard the bell ring yet any any dings uh no not not no quite. dings no. yet. Uh, Brandon fought for the uh, Diamondbacks. He's pitching a pretty good game so far, actually. Is he good? Excellent. Yeah. Well, no, not excellent. I mean, no, no, no. I mean, not not excellent. <laughs> I mean, uh, excellent that you're watching. That's what I meant. Yes. You're monitoring it as I'm teeing yeah. off on Sidney Powell. Okay, good. <laughs> excellent. You do your job. I'll do mine. <laughs> fair enough. Uh, fair enough. Uh, let's see here now. I got some other audio to grab. I think Matt, you sent me a clip of. Which uh, which whack job was this that was running down the hallway? Was it Talib or yeah, Ilan Omar? Yeah, this is Rashida Talib. I don't know what building she's in. I think it's one of the Capitol Hill office buildings. But uh, reporters are asking her about her history of anti-Israel um, comments, and uh, she's literally just sprinting through the hallways trying to get away from people. Here it is. Senator Tester, why did you vote to allow mass boycotts of Israeli products by anti-Semitic Sorry, that is Senator Tester, not Rashida Tlaib. That's okay. Senator Tester is another another slime ball who's been running around today. Uh, he got lectured pretty good by Josh Hawley today. We'll grab that audio as well. Um, let's see here now. The the other thing I wanted to mention to you, just kind of stepping away from World War III for just a, a mention here, uh, just for just for a moment, is that when you think about media coverage, the shameful media coverage, and it's very rare that I have to agree with either people like uh, Dan Abrams from Mediate or little Brian Stelter. Now, we have not heard from Brian Stelter in quite some time. Last time I checked, he was getting ready for the prom. He's going through puberty. Voice cracks quite a bit. It's an awkward time for him. It's an awkward time for him. But Brian Stelter tore into the media for their atrocious uh, covering of the Gaza hospital bombing. Uh, 
And so I got to give credit to people like little Brian Stelter, even though he's going through puberty at the time. And this is very awkward for him. This phase, maybe he's, you know, maybe like when you go through puberty, you become a man. Maybe like when Brian Stelter's going through puberty now, maybe he'll become an actual journalist. I don't know. It's possible. Cut number six. You know, sometimes, Dan, you're out there criticizing the media and I want to defend the media, but there is no defense here. This was an atrocious uh, series of mistakes by many different major newsrooms all around the same time on Tuesday. And unfortunately, I don't think there's been enough follow up or accountability to make sure it doesn't happen again. I've noticed oftentimes in breaking news stories, breaking news scenarios, when information is lowest, interest is highest. And by the time we actually know the facts, people move on. Well, this was one of those cases, but it was even worse because when the stakes are highest, it seems the standards were the lowest and it should be the opposite. The standards should be the highest when the stakes are as high as they are right now. What are you most concerned about in terms of the media coverage that that we've seen so far? I don't know why this was called a strike right away. Why not an apparent explosion? I don't know why reporters went with those huge reports of death, of, of deaths, hundreds of alleged deaths, when it had only been 30 or 60 minutes since the explosion. Common sense would indicate that we didn't know yet how many people might have died. There is no doubt this was a tragedy at the hospital, but there was this rush to judgment based on a one-sided story from a whatever the opposite of a reliable source is. And that's what was so disturbing about Tuesday. And like I said, because there hasn't been a follow-up, a kind of series of accountability, uh, I'm worried that it could keep happening. Well, in addition to no follow-up of accountability, uh, Ben Collins is still failing to correct the Gaza hospital story. And he's a Walter Cronkite Award winner. Ben Collins is a reporter for NBC News who specializes in coverage of disinformation and extremism, particularly on social media. His work has earned him many plaudits, including a 2023 Walter Cronkite Award for Excellence in Television Political Journalism. This is from Robbie Suave over at Reason. Collins is treated as an expert in the burgeoning field of countering the spread of misinformation, yet his error rate is noteworthy. Take the Gaza hospital explosion, for example. On Tuesday, reports surfaced that the Ali Al-Ali Arab hospital in Gaza had come under attack, resulting in as many as 500 deaths. The New York Times ran with the following headline, Israeli strikes kill hundreds in hospital, Palestinians say. Underneath this headline was an image of an obliterated building. Readers who squinted would have noticed that this was not the hospital, but a completely different target. The New York Times only source for information about the explosion was the Gaza Health Ministry. Mainstream reporting noted that Palestinian authorities laid the blame squarely on an Israeli airstrike. Subsequent intelligence reports from both Israel and the U.S. provide credible evidence that the hospital was most probably struck by the Palestinian Islamic Jihad terrorist group. And the hospital, by the way, wasn't even struck. It was the parking lot that was struck. Minimal damage to the building. Did Ben Collins soberly wait for these facts to come out? Nope. The award-winning disinformation expert helped circulate the inaccurate claims on the, of the Palestinian authorities. I mean, literally, these people took Hamas's word and the Palestinian authorities' word for it, and they all jumped in. All the corporate media in the United States jumped in and pushed out the exact same story. Tlaib, Ilan Omar, etc., etc., etc. And here's this. 
Disinformation reporters often seem interested in sparring only with contrarian people and in defense of mainstream narratives, whether it's Matt Taibbi, Glenn Greenwald, Elon Musk, and others. For instance, Ben Collins of NBC News downplayed the New York Post Hunter Biden laptop story and denied that there was any effort to censor the lab leak theory of COVID-19. Even in the wake of ceaseless revelations that various government agencies pressured social media companies to deplatform contrarian speech about precisely these topics. But I mean, it goes on and this, this is this guy's a real slime ball. He's not alone, though. He, he's just one example of this. Reuters reported that U.S. lawmakers were seeking answers from Meta, X, Google, and TikTok about the spread of false information on these platforms. Senator Michael Bennett, a Democrat of Colorado, said deceptive content has ricocheted across social media sites since the conflict began, sometimes receiving millions of views. This is exactly why I have been telling you the entire show today, the reason why the government wants to control information, why they keep throwing the misinformation word in our faces, is because it pains in the ass like you. Yes, you with your tweets and you with your passing along videos you found on TikTok or Instagram or whatever else or texting me things. And when you when you do that, you 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 are a real thorn in their side, you know, whether it's a Hunter Biden laptop story, COVID-19, COVID vaccines or this bombing of a hospital that wasn't bombed by Israel that did not bomb it. But it was a terror group that blew up a parking lot. But if you are allowed to challenge these things on social media, the government doesn't like that, which is why they're trying to come after these social media groups and why the corporate media, the unholy triad of corporate media, big tech and the government all work together to try to say what is truth and what isn't exactly like Orwell warned. NBC has removed Ben Collins from covering Elon Musk's acquisition of Twitter because he could not remain unbiased in his own reporting. This guy, Ben Collins, is a creep. He really is. He's a real creep. And his latest article, and Rachel Maddow, by the way, she retweets Ben Collins all the time because he's she's MSNBC. He's NBC. Who's who, who owns NBC? Comcast. That's right. Comcast is why I call them the corporate media. Collins reporting often contains basic errors that suggest he doesn't particularly understand the right wing forces he's denouncing. His most recent article alleges that Elon Musk's plans for Twitter were shaped by a far right former Trump administration staffer, even though it's fairly clear the staffer wasn't actually telling Musk what to do, but rather warning about what would happen to Musk if he offended the regime, in quotes. If that sounds conspiratorial, try to follow this clip of Collins and MSNBC's Rachel Maddow uh, discussing Elon Musk's plan. In fact, you know what, Matt? Let me send you that clip. It's worth uh, sharing right now if I can get it to open here on the platform of X. This is exactly what I'm talking about. While you load that, let me just also mention this to you as well. Uh, By now, you've seen this viral video of a Canadian leader going viral for munching on an apple while calmly batting down a reporter's questions. It's gone viral, and this guy is great. And I want to play that for you as well before I wrap up the show. But tonight, the president is going to give an address uh, from the Oval Office regarding Israel and Iran. And um, we have some magical Rachel Maddow audio as well, too. All right, which one do you want to use first, Matt DeSantis? Do you want to use... 
This one or the other one? Uh, go Mad Al first, so it gives me a minute to upload the Collins audio. Actually, well, while we do that, let's do this reporter chomping on the apple. I mean, the uh, the, the conservative Canadian guy chomping on an apple uh, while this, this lefty in the Canadian media, which is most of them. <laughs> we love this guy. His name is Pierre Polivair. We've played a lot of his clips before. In fact, Henry follows him on, I believe it is well, I don't, on... Well, I don't follow him. He just comes up so much in my TikTok feed, and it's always something like... Like this, like I, I saw this video yesterday of him. Yeah, munching yeah. the apple. I thought it was well, you got to you got to immediately text me the minute you see Polver, Pierre Polver do something cool because this guy's great. <laughs> I, do. Uh, I will. All right. Immediately, cut number ten. Um, on the on the topic, I mean, in terms of your sort of strategy currently, you're obviously taking the populist uh, pathway. Um, what does that mean? <laughs> well, ap- appealing appealing to people's uh, more emotional levels, I would guess. Um, I mean, what certainly, you mean certainly, you, certainly you tap certainly you tap uh, very strong ideological language quite frequently. Like what? Uh, left wing, you know this and that. Right wing, you know. I mean, it's that that type I of ideological thing. About, I never really talk about left but or right. Anyways, a lot I of people don't pe- really believe in that. Okay, a lot of people would would say that you're simply taking a page out of the Donald Trump uh, well, book. Like which people would say that? Well, I'm sure a great many Canadians, but <laughs> I don't know who, but well, you're um, the one who asked the question, so yeah. how, you must know somebody. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm sure there's some out there, but anyways, the, the point of this the point of this question is, I mean, why should why should Canadians trust you with their vote, given you know? Not not just the sort of ideological inclination in terms of taking the page of Donald Trump's book, but what are you also talking about? What page? What page? Can you give okay. me a page? Give me the page. You keep <laughs> in, saying in terms that. Of, in terms of ter- turning things quite dramatically in terms of of Trudeau and and the left wing and all of this. I mean, you 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 make quite a you know it's it's quite a play that you make on it. So I'm I'm not sure. Wondering. I don't under, I don't know what your question okay. is. Okay, then forget that. Why should Canadians <laughs> trust you with their vote? Common sense. Okay. Common sense for for a change. We're going to make common sense common in this country. We don't have any common sense in the current government. You know, the guy prints six hundred billion dollars, grows our money supply by thirty two percent in three years. That's growing the money eight times faster than the economy. No wonder we have the worst infl- inflation in four decades. I'm going to cap spending, cut waste, so that we can balance the budget and bring down inflation and interest rates. You'll want to be able to pay your mortgage again. You want to be able to afford rent. Then you have to vote for Pierre Polyev because I'm the only one with a common sense plan that will bring back the buying power of your paycheck. It's great. It's fantastic. It's a masterclass in how to deal with the press. And, you know, the guy says, well, people say, he goes, who says that? He goes, I, I don't know who says it, but people say it. Well, you're the one who asked the question. Uh, he's fantastic. This is uh, nutty Rachel Maddow here uh, speculating about what will happen if, I guess, Trump is allowed to run for president of the United States of America. Every now and then, crazy Rachel Maddow shows her, makes an appearance, sometimes with crazy Lawrence O'Donnell. Uh, cut number four. The Republican Party right now has to make a decision, and it's their decision to make. We have party processes for a reason, but 
ultimately, if you listen to what Trump is saying, you don't just re- sort of regard him as a um, as a spectacle, but you re- listen to what he's saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's basically portraying a future for America if he is put back in the White House, in which we don't have another election after yeah, that. Yeah, that's ever. right. Because the elections are all rigged, that the democratic process can't be yep. trusted, that Congress should just work for him, the Justice Department should just work for him. That's a strong man form of government. That's Go not for what it. we have. Canceled I'll tell you what, Michael right. Pelka, I know you just joined in. I would, I'd like to be eating an apple right now as I'm listening to this. Don't you want to just gnaw on an apple? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I, I was laughing at that cat. I must have watched that whole thing ten times. <laughs> just because he was brilliant. And he waited. You know, I couldn't have waited. I, uh, and it's just casually. So who said that? Who would that be? Yeah. What was the question? He was a, he was a master class <sighs> professor there. Uh, you know, Rich, uh, I know you're, you're getting ready to blow out for... Uh, for was it sparks tonight parks parks, parks tonight but sparks not sparks steakhouse where different. they whack the mobster no, no no parks casino in ben salem where we have comedy night tonight i've been there actually I just yeah you're just hoping i get whacked so you can take the show over that's what that is i know no, that's, no, a, that's, that's, that's a Freudian slip right there opelka listen i owe you because i got street cred props Sunday, um, I was speechifying to the conservative caucus of delaware and then uh some guy comes up to me and goes you're the guy with the hat that Zioli talks about. <laughs> I'm like, what? And he goes, you're the, you're the guy with the 46 is greater than uh, 45 is greater than 46 ad. I said, yes, I am. He said, yeah, Zioli talked about it. So thank you for the street cred. Oh, but, well, you, my pleasure. I, um, is there anything more fun than listening to Rich Zioli try and pronounce names of Middle Eastern terrorists? <laughs> I, I'm telling you. I don't even try. Well, that's that's apparent. Yeah, when you round 5.30 and you see the the finish line coming, you're just like, all right, just throw some consonants and vowels in front of me and I'm going to rip it. (laughs) Well, this isn't a game show. All right, so listen, you're taking over the final hour. What are we talking about? Uh, Well, I'm worried that the letter H is a problem, and we might have to cancel the letter H because when you think about it, Hamas, Hezbollah, now the Houthis, Mm -hmm. and, and maybe the Hemocrats. We have to do something about all of them. So uh, we're going to go over the updates on the latest things. And did you talk about Fetterman calling the squad and what uh, what they said uh, disturbing? I did not. So I left that for you. Well, uh, I'm wondering, is John Fetterman Jewish? I don't. I, I always call him John Fetter person. I, I don't get into his gender. Oh, so, I, you know, I don't know his, well, uh, his origin. I go back to Seinfeld. Remember when he said all the superheroes were Jewish? Spider-Man? <laughs> Superman? So maybe it's Fetterman? So maybe it's Fetterman? Yeah, maybe. Uh, it's an excellent point. Uh, yeah, he's calling out his own wacko progressive base, but he's still not going to leave the Democrat Party with him. He's going to hang out, right? Well, I just wonder if, you know, if we can extrapolate all of this madness to the future. Will it be <laughs> Fetterman AOC ticket or AOC Fetterman ticket I in love uh, 2028? I love it. It's in the sheer chaos that will ensue. Uh, all right. And last thing I want to ask you before I, I, uh, I turn the show over to you for the fourth and final hour here on the Zioli show with Michael Pelka, Stunt Brain, uh, taking the lead for us is when you think about the media misinformation that we've heard in the last mm, few days, wouldn't you love if the whole Taylor Swift, Kelsey thing was all misinformation and these two actually hated each other's guts and just went away and died? Or not died, but at least went, like, went away in an island and just left us all alone isn't that isn't that the whole story though is don't we know that this is just a a a, um, a business agreement it's got to be right 
It has to be. She had the movie come out. She made all that money. They're going to kind of drag. It's kind of like Cory Booker dating a woman just before an election. Oh, so you think she's a lesbian? No, I pray that she's not. I I love her, uh, just the dreams about her. But I I think this is all business hype. But I think it's just, as I said, it's just like Cory Booker trying to make us all think he was dating a woman before Mm. the last election. Another woman, another starlet will pop up on Cory Booker's arm before uh, uh, 382 days from now. Yeah, you're exactly right about that. All right, buddy, we'll have a great hour. Go, Phils, and I'll be back with you tomorrow, of course, from 3 p.m. until 9 p.m. when I fill in for the great one, Mark Levin. So big show ahead tomorrow, but I want to thank my friends at Cherry Hill Volvo for their amazing support, their amazing sponsorship. And now is a great time to get down there because they have new and certified pre-owned Volvos in stock at Cherry Hill Volvo, right on Route 70 in Cherry Hill. I'm telling you, these are great people, and the savings are amazing. With incentives that start at 5 thousand dollars and go all the way up to eleven thousand dollars bridget drives the xc90 a beautiful family car with the third row for the kids i've got the xc40 right now and i'm in a great lease program called care by volvo at cherry hill volvo where every five months you have the ability to get a new volvo keep the volvo you have or cancel the lease all together it's a beautiful beautiful thing so please reach out to them today stand with the people who stand with us it's so important in life I told you, loyalty is everything, isn't it? So Cherry Hill Volvo sponsors the show. They sponsor our station. So go see them today. Judith, Yosef, and the entire team would love to see you. Cherry Hill Volvo on Route 70 in Cherry Hill, where relationships matter. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7. Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. WOGL HD3 Philadelphia from the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. This is the next generation of talk. Now on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, Rich Zioli. It is the fourth hour of the Zioli Show. Rich is on his way to uh, Parks Casino for a big night of comedy. It's Michael Pelka sitting in for my buddy. Happy to be here. Honored to be here. Thrilled to be here. And you could join us too anytime. Eight, uh, yeah, 855-839-1210. I looked at the phone number and going, that can't be right. But it is. It is. That's a good thing. Um, uh, boys, I, I was listening to Rich um, for most of the the program, but I was in and out, you know, trying to keep an eye on what's happening in D.C. and the madness around the world. Uh, did uh, did Richard talk about Joe Biden's chin yesterday? Wait, what happened to his chin? No, oh, we didn't I, I think I might know where you're going with this. It uh, reminds you of Thanksgiving a little bit? Worse. I, I, it reminded me of a gender-affirming uh, surgery. Oh, <laughs> If you looked at Joe Biden was on Air Force One and uh, answering some questions and, and, and there were some weird moments in that entire exchange with some of the media, not all the media, but some of the media. And you had the secretary of state lurking in the background, kind of like, you know, in case he says something wacky, I'm going to give him the shot in the butt. and He's going to drop like a redwood. And you had uh, cringe on Pierre looking like, can we go? Can we ple- can we please go? And I thought she was going to say, you know, the plane has to leave. It's your plane. It doesn't have to leave. It leaves when you want to leave. But uh, Joe Biden had a, a, a zip up 
jacket like you so often see at the senior center or at an assisted facility, uh, you know, care home, as they call them in England. And uh, I, I didn't notice if it was presidential. Usually they make them all wear the presidential windbreakers and all that stuff. But his chin looks like, uh, I guess the best way to describe it um, is in Spanish, testiculos. It looked like he had uh, his chin. I've never noticed this before. And if you're, if, are you seeing it now? Can you pull up any pictures, any videos from that and take a look and tell me if I'm wrong? Uh, I'm looking at it now. It certainly looks strange. Yeah, there's some, but why haven't we ever seen that before? Have they found a way to put makeup on it to cover it? <laughs> and it's the weirdest thing. I, I have never noticed this before. Tell me, people, if I'm wrong. John, it, it's just so crazy. Joe Biden appears to have uh, testiculo chin. That, <laughs> that, that, or testicles, the god of Racco, was a Greek god that used to run around and punch people in the groin. I've just, I never seen that before. And I know, I know a lot of people are saying, it's the president of the United States. Please have some respect for the office. I will when he does. That's all I'm going to tell you. I will when he does. I got into uh, a little verbal battle at a local takeout uh, at a, well, let's just say I was at a Cajun takeout joint. And uh, the people in the restaurant had no idea he was speechifying tonight. I, I'm, I'm glad they were talking about the Phillies, which, you know, nothing major happening in the game just now. But then uh, I said, well, uh, they were saying, why is the game at five o'clock? And I said, well, maybe because the president is speechifying tonight. And then some guy goes, well, there is football tonight, too. I said, yeah, OK, just follow the money because they don't want to lose in the ratings to the playoffs or to football, even though they might. This administration, had this not been Israel and, and this this war, this administration trying to do an 8 o'clock address might lose to Gordon Ramsay and one of his cooking shows. That's all I'm saying. But we are going to hear a, a pitch for a whole lot more of your money and my money to be sent to Ukraine and to Israel. And this this address and what Joe Biden's going to say kind of ties in with uh, the biggest problem in in the House. And Rich touched on it earlier when he said, the reason the, the organized uniparty types, or whatever they're calling them now, uh, do not want Jim Jordan is because they want those omnibus bills. They don't want up or down votes on individual issues. And you look at what Biden's doing, and he's trying to ram through, or at least propose, an immediate giant package it's not for Israel. It's not for Ukraine. It's for all of the people we're throwing money to. And that's another reason why it feels like Jim Jordan is getting a whole lot of heat on this. So pay attention to that tonight. We're going to see what happens. There will probably be a, a border component to tonight's speech. I talked to a couple of my uh, members of the punditry class in Washington this afternoon and they said, well, we're hearing there's going to be some border hype. And I said, OK, border hype, money for Israel, uh, more money for Ukraine. Uh, what does this mean? Well, it all means polling because the polling data is dismal on the border right now. The polling data is showing so many horrible things uh, for the Biden administration. And it's all because of their own doing. 
we we used to have prosperity and peace. Now we have chaos and uh, an economy that's teetering right now. It's on very, very murky turf. Our economy, I, I just looked at something today that I know it's wonky, and I'm sure E.J. Antoni with the show's uh, economist would love to pontificate on this further. But I, I looked at the amount of debt that China is no longer buying. China used to buy our debt every single day because they knew we'd make the payments. They'd buy all the bonds. China has been selling our debt at a record pace. And if they're selling our debt, that means the people who are buying it are demanding more money. So the cost of servicing our debt, which is so massive right now, what is it, $32 trillion? And we're, we're jacking that up $2 trillion a year. The cost of servicing that debt is going to go up. And where do you think they're getting that money? Look in the mirror, Bunky. That's coming from you. It's not a good sign. This is a really, really disturbing situation in our economy. The, um, the average rate of a home mortgage, if you're thinking, maybe I'll, maybe I'll get me some land. My dad used to say, get yourself some land. They're not making any more of it. It's always a good thing. He was the, he was the genius of, of real estate. Get you some land. Well, Donald Trump had the economy in such a state that uh, mortgages were about half the price they are right now. Maybe lower in some cases, 8%. 8% currently, if you got yourself a starter home and you got yourself a 30-year 8% mortgage, you're paying double what the person under Donald Trump who got themselves a starter home and a uh, 30-year mortgage. I know a lot of people refinanced under 3%. So the economy's in tough straits. The world doesn't respect us. Joe Biden looks like a dotard with something really strange on his chin, which we haven't figured out what it is. But we're all supposed to tune in tonight at 8 o'clock and act like nothing is wrong. I, I, I don't understand. I give him props. And I heard Dawn this morning, and she... Um, she took the words right out of my mouth. Uh, Joe Biden's speechwriters did a great job yesterday. It's a, a problem that he's the guy delivering it because he, he really can't. And um, maybe you guys can look this up. Something Joe Biden said in one of the presentations in Israel yesterday. I think it was the second presentation because first he did one with uh, Benjamin Netanyahu. And then he came out of a meeting with the war cabinet, the Israeli war cabinet, and he told a story, the story about meeting Golda Meir. And Byron Donalds, Congressman Byron Donalds of, Cal- of uh, Florida, of the reddest congressional district in the state of Florida, Byron Donalds, who would make a great Speaker of the House, by the way, if Jim Jordan can't become the Speaker of the House, Byron Donalds questioned the validity of that story. Now, I realize this is not the first time Joe Biden has told a story where he might have made up some stuff or the facts may have been just not even present. But if we can find that, I would like to check that out. Check out Byron Donalds tweet. Uh, uh, Donalds said something about the story Joe Biden told, claiming that as a young senator, 
he traveled to Israel and, and met with uh, Golda Meir and then took a picture with her. And she said something to him. But the years don't seem to match up. If we can verify that, I'd, I'd like to call that out. I'd like to call uh, Joe Biden out if it is true Bravo Sierra, because we need to do just that. Uh, there are a couple other things going on. Um, you know what we haven't heard about in, I don't know, about a week now? Have we heard anything about the auto worker strike? Has anybody been talking about it? No. Has anyone been reporting it? The auto worker strike and what's happened with it, it has, um, it has put a huge boulder on the back of the American economy. It's a $1.5 billion a week hit to our economy. $1.5 billion. Because when an auto plant goes uh, on strike and is, is um, stopped, all production is stopped, all of those workers don't go to work and get the regular paychecks. They get a $500 a week strike pay, which is not going to last forever. And I can tell you the people who work on, on the line ain't, ain't making $500 a week. They're making a lot more than that. But you know what else doesn't happen when those people are idled, when those factories are idled? They don't go to the restaurants. They don't go to the liquor stores. They don't go to the gas stations. They don't take care of their kids' health care with their visits to the dentist. Their vacations get put on hold. So the, the spreading malaise from this administration, from Bidenomics, and now from the auto worker strike, is a big problem. Rich talked about the cars and the, and the, um, the trucks, and what California's rules and regulations are, are going to do to um, uh, trucking all around the country. Well, at the same time, those effects are hitting the car industry at the time that the workers are demanding incredibly huge raises. I have a friend who, who knows everything about the automotive industry, and uh, I think she's been on here when I've been, been in for Rich before. Her name is Lauren Fix. She's going to join us in about 20 minutes, I think she said waiting to track her down. But Lauren's got the latest update on the automotive strike. Because if this thing goes on longer, it's now going to have an effect on Christmas. It's going to have an effect on Christmas shopping, which is a giant chunk of our economy, as well as the, the entire supply chain. But we'll see what's going on. You see, you get the feeling there's a lot of plates spinning today. You get the feeling there's a whole lot of trouble on the horizon that is unnecessary, that may have been by design to keep us all distracted, if you will. So we'll get into that. But then there is one more topic. And this one, this is one I, I hadn't even thought about for a while. I got vaccinated twice and boosted because I had to do it in order to travel and to work. Those were some of the requirements I, I had to fulfill for some of my various responsibilities. And I'm not happy about it. As a matter of fact, I'm, I'm ticked off. But I wasn't, uh, I wasn't so well healed that I could have avoided getting vaccinated. And thank God I have not. I have not had complications that I can identify. 
most of the problems I have are just related to, I don't know, another year on this body. But I, I haven't had any of the complications. Now, that's not true. And my wife and I were talking about this last night. How many people are among the died suddenly category? How many young people? People in their 20s, 30s, and 40s are on that list of died suddenly. They had no, no complications in their health. They were fully vaccinated, and then suddenly they got really sick and died really quickly. Yesterday, Dr. Drew Pinsky, remember him? Dr. Drew was talking with Megan Kelly, and they were talking about a side effect, which is apparently from the vaccine, a side effect from the mRNA vaccines. And uh, Dr. Drew said the study that came out took his breath away. Check this out. It's more common than we thought. People are like, well, it's mild, it's mild, it's no big deal, it's self-limited, blah, blah. Look, in my world, throughout my entire career, 40-year career, myocarditis is a medical emergency. It's a dire problem. A publication just came out five days ago in circulation, a major cardiac cardiology journal. An excellent study, and it showed, it took my breath away. I didn't know why it wasn't headline news. It's a large study, and it showed that about approximately half of the young males that got myocarditis had permanent heart damage. Yep. Permanent. That means that a, we don't know what percentage are going to be disabled by this as they get older, are going to develop heart failure, or are going to need cardiac transplants, some of them. Oh it's breathtaking this study and why it wasn't a big headline i've sort of sent it around a little bit because I, I i don't understand why people aren't reacting to it so in a 27 year old male the illness is a nothing so the risk is so the vaccine is all risk right. why the push why yeah it's an incredible an incredible question that no one is asking but the greatest power of the mainstream media is the power to not cover something they're not covering it up they're just not covering it. And if you have 27-year-old males for whom COVID was really not a problem unless you had comorbidities who are now dealing with life-changing health problems caused by a, an improperly vetted vaccine that the government gave, I guess, uh, complete, complete immunity to the pharmaceutical companies. But did they give immunity to the people in the universities. Pinsker went on to uh, add one more interesting side to this conversation. Pushing. And I think, put your legal head on for a second, that universities are going to be in big trouble for having mandated young people to get that vaccine. Because I mean, people are going to get sick, and they're going to have long-term consequences, and they should sue those schools for having forced them to take, the, take a medical intervention. Hundred Now, I'm waiting for the commercials. Just like we saw all the commercials for the water at Camp Lejeune. Did you get myocarditis after getting the injection? They're not going to be able to sue the pharma companies, but they might be able to sue the universities or the companies who told them they had to get vaccinated. Watch this space. This is a big stinking deal. All right, I got to take a break here. Uh, it's Michael Pelkin for Rich Zioli. Rich is on his way to parks for a night of laughter, and uh, I, I'm sure all kinds of craziness. And I wish I could be there, but I'm here and happy to be here. And as I said, I guess in about uh, 15, 20 minutes, Lauren Fix, the car coach, is going to give us an update. What's going on with the auto strike? And is it ever going to end? 
We'll check all of that out. If you want to join us, you can. 855-839-1210 is the number on The Zioli Show on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. The Zioli Show on your schedule from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. It is The Zioli Show with Michael Pelka sitting in for my friend Rich Zioli. He's on his way to uh, Parks Casino for a, a night of laughter and, and no doubt lewdness. I'm sure there's going to be some lewdness or lascivious behavior. Not really. It'll just be a lot of fun. I've been there before. It's a great time. And uh, the cocktails were pretty good, too, from my memory. Uh, uh, so many questions that need to be answered. Um, did we hook up that microphone at the White House? I understand Biden's practicing. He's getting, um, he's getting in some dry runs on the speech before he has the Oval Office address at 8 o'clock. Maybe. Let's let's yeah, flip this. We've got it. Yeah, yeah, we got it. Okay, let's let's flip it on Joey's. He's he's probably he's probably screwing around because you know he's a big goofball. He thinks he's got us all filled. Joey, let's let's hear what's going on at the White House. But I tell you what, I don't know about you, but I'm going to go to bed. Okay, so he's <laughs> going to take a little power nap before <laughs> he needs his energy before the address. That's good. That's good. Is that AI? <laughs> I, no, that's that's real Joe Biden. Gen- you don't remember that? I genuinely can't. No. Okay. Joe Biden was overseas in Europe recently. Remember? Or no, it was Vietnam. This is when he was in Vietnam. Oh, yeah, right, right. I, I, and now at I know the, the end that. of the speech, he's looking around like, I, I really don't know which way to go. But, uh, uh, I, uh, I, but I tell you what, I don't know about you, but I'm going to go to bed. <laughs> And everybody else is like, dude, the after party at these G20 meetings, that's that's where the money is, man. Wasn't that the same press conference where he started taking questions from the uh, the reporters in the room and then they literally started playing music to drown him out? Yeah, KJP. Like, yeah. KJP came in and cut him off. They actually that is exactly correct. Same press conference. It was like the Oscars when whoever won the best animated documentary was up there talking about how life in Czechoslovakia was so difficult. We made a cartoon about bugs. And now I have this award and you will never hear from that. They shut him off. Same thing happened to Joe. Exactly what happened. I, I wish he would do the the line he did when he was vice president, though, because people were saying, you and Barack Obama really didn't know each other very long before you became the vice president. And, uh, you know, do you agree on everything? And what happens if you don't? And Joey said this. If, if, if I reach something where there's a, a fundamental disagreement we have based on a moral principle, I'll, uh, I'll, 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 I'll develop some disease and say I have to resign. Doors open. <laughs> just say, just say an oatmeal brain. It's, uh, it might be time. It might be time. No, we got, we got tired, Biden. But uh, hiding Biden on the campaign trail, and then we got tired Biden and all that stuff. But he's going to talk tonight about the the importance of spending your money on a very unpopular war and then spending some of your money on a popular fight because the overwhelming number of people who support Israel's right to go in and turn the Gaza Strip 
into a gravel pit is just amazing. And maybe it's because it's all so new, or maybe it's because we've just learned so much of the horrific genocidal tendencies of these vermin that they're calling Hamas. And maybe it's because uh, we're actually worried about the fact that um, you've got Iran orchestrating all of this. And Iran, who's, who's had a pretty good couple of years under Joe Biden, under Donald Trump, Iranian GDP was dropping like a, like a bad transmission. It was way down. Maybe some of that's because of the pandemic, but under Joe Biden, it's up. Uh, in uh, or the total revenue for the world's largest sponsor of uh, terror, the largest state sponsor of terror during Biden's tenure is between 81 and $90 billion. In 2020, they had a revenue of $7.9 billion under Donald Trump. Any questions? That seems to be pretty easy to understand that, right? So, you know, you, you've got a cash-rich Iranian economy, Iranian government, and now they've got the ability, and they're this close. I'm holding my thumb and forefinger like a half a, half a centimeter apart. They're this close to a nuclear bomb, and you know who the first target is. Yep. They want to wipe out the great Satan or the little Satan. Now, yes, uh, uh, Israel's little Satan were the great Satan. But they want to wipe out the little Satan first. And it's like they say, and this is this statement, because people are trying to understand, well, what are these what are these Islamic terrorists all about? Okay, here's how you understand it. Here's how you explain it to your slow friends. The terrorists say, first we get the Saturday people. Those are the Jews because they go to church on Saturday. Then we get the Sunday people. Those are the traditionally Western religions or the Christians. And that's kind of where they're going. And everybody else, well, if you're Muslim, you're okay. But it's in the charter of the, um, of the Hamas terror organization that they want to wipe out Israel, all of them. And just uh, and they're going to be toast. They need to be gone. Later on, we have to play it. Do you guys have this? Um, the clip from the San Francisco high school with the students chanting in the halls? I don't have that, no. Okay. I, I, I have it on my computer. I just don't have it queued up right now. And that, so we'll do that uh, in a little bit. And that's a good thing, actually, because I promised you we would get uh, Lauren Fix, the car coach, to uh, explain to us what the heck is going on with the automotive strike. And uh, I've got her. She's, uh, she's right here. Lauren Fix is my friend. You've seen her on, on Fox News, Newsmax, the Weather Channel. She does reports on cars. She also gets to test drive new cars. And she has her own YouTube channel, uh, Car Coach Reports. And she covers everything in the automotive world. And with the distractions going on in our world, I'm sitting there going, hey, the automotive industry is like 17% of our economy. 17% of our economy. And the strike has got to be causing problems with it so nobody's talking about it so lauren fix is here to explain it to us lauren welcome back my friend help us understand this is a lot going on hello yeah there's a lot going on here in the u.s that's going to affect all of us on a daily basis um let's start off with the update on the uaw remember where they're at strike 
there's a lot of interesting things going on. Let's start off with Canada. So Ford and GM have agreed with Unifor, which is Canada's UAW, to settle. They agreed first. They're not, Ford's actually the first one to settle, and they're unhappy because they settled too quickly, and GM got more money for their workers. So they're getting that, they're getting that all resolved. It's passed. But there's one other company up there that has six plants, and that is Stellantis. Stellantis has not made a, a, a resolution yet with Unifor. They have till the end of the month, October 28th. If they do not agree to what Unifor is negotiating with them, they could shut down the plants that are in Canada. And that would include a lot of SUVs as well as the last demon that's being made, or, which is the last of the Chargers and Challengers before they shut down production. Uh, and they move to an electric or, or smaller engines. Being someone that owns, that, well, that's trying to own uh, a Demon 170, which is the last of the last, I'm monitoring it quite quite in detail because it could affect the delivery of my vehicle, which is being built and just sitting there. Um, so in the midst of all this, what's going on down in the U.S.? Well, how does all this affect us? Well, if you can't get vehicles of any of these three brands, you're going to look at other brands. Except those other brands are having issues as well with other things. Toyota had a plant shut down. Mercedes-Benz can't get transmissions because they come out of a plant that is a UAW plant. And... Um, what happened this past week is Ford German, Bill Ford, who's the CEO of the company, uh, even though Jim Farley is the president, the Ford family run, still runs the business. Bill Ford came out and he blasted the UAW for escalating the strike and said that the Ford is not your enemy and that we can resolve this. And UAW replied with, where's Jim Farley? We don't want to hear from you, <laughs> which I thought was <laughs> kind of amusing because it, it made no sense to bring the CEO of the company out to try and say that it could be resolved and that the union was overreaching because all it did was tick off the union even more. Who could easily on Friday decide that they're going to do more shutdowns or at any time? So we expect that this week before the week is out or maybe even into early next week, we're going to see more issues. So what has come of all of this UAW strike? Well, Stellantis, back to them again, said that we're not making money right now. So here's what we're going to do. We are going to pull from the Consumer Electronics Show. That is a problem. Um, and that is millions of dollars where they set up and they show some new electric vehicles they've got, whether it be the Ram truck or some of the new cars. And they're saying, you know what, we can't afford to do this. So they're pulling out. I will say at the end of November, well, the first week of November, it's the end of this month, I'm watching to see if they're going to pull from SEMA. SEMA is the Special Equipment Manufacturer Show. If they don't show up for that, they're going to take a loss from the booth. But I think if they don't show, it's going to be because of cash flow, because none of these car companies are doing as well as the UAW likes to claim on TV. This is interesting. We now have Ford, which is laying off workers, a, a couple of waves of layoffs because mm -hmm. of the strike. And you have uh, Bill Ford saying, hey, we're the company that's increased uh, union jobs over the past few years, and then they're they're still getting heat from the auto workers. They're still getting protested. They're still getting uh, the strikes, the picket lines in front of their plants, etc. And then you have Stellantis, which makes uh, Chrysler, right, and Jeep, and and all that. Right. And they pulled out of the Consumer Electronics Show. But you're saying, well, that's a big stinking deal. It would be a bigger deal 
if they pulled out of the specialty equipment manufacturers show. Yeah, that's where they sell their Mopar parts, all their aftermarket parts, because what are all the warehouses? They got shut down. In the second week of the strike, they shut down all their parts warehouses. I have so many friends that work at dealers. They're like, we got brand new cars that come in that need like a, a warranty or a technical service bolt because we, we can't do anything. And these cars sit there. There's someone who's got a, that I know of that's got a brand new vehicle sitting in the dealership. It's under a recall. It should be no big deal. But the problem is they can't get the part. And if they can't get the part, your car sits there. They can't give it to you because it's a safety recall. So wow. now you don't have your vehicle. I have no idea when you're going to get a vehicle. You have to make payments on that vehicle. That, and I can't even give you a loaner car because I'm short loaner cars. So that's a problem. And that is across the country. And this is what is not thought of when these things happen. And the UAW wants everyone to hurt. I really don't like the strategy on this. But remember, who's behind Sean Fain? Who needs to make a mark? It's Bernie Sanders. Yeah, And that's interesting. So I, I think you can push so far, but you can't demand what an executive makes. That's an agreement with all of the board of directors. When you take your job, you're not going to, it'd be like you saying, Mike, I, you're not going to get paid. We're just going to have you work for free and give your money to the little guy, which, which may sound great on the surface, but the only person I ever know in my entire life who said, I'm not going to take a salary is president Trump. But other than that, everybody takes the money because you need the money. Well, I think uh, president John Kennedy was the same way Trump was. I think he took oh, really? a, I th yeah, I think he took a dollar. But then again, he'd be kicked out of the Democrat Party today because yeah. he believed that the individual had more knowledge and, and more right to spend the money they earn than the government. And, and that would alone would have got him thrown out. But the, oh, the, for sure. the reality here, Lauren, is that uh, the people that want to limit salaries to either the auto executives or anybody, they're not capitalists because capitalism <laughs> doesn't have a maximum wage. That is, that is the beauty of capitalism, that if you work hard enough and you're good at what you do, you can earn as much money as you want. And if they get this across the line, if the unions get a cap on executive pay across the line, then oh, you're going to see that translate into every business in America. And that ain't going to work. And when it, you know when they'll wake up, the people will wake up finally when Hollywood goes, wait a minute, you're not going to pay me $40 million to run How about around sports people. How yeah, about all the sports, sports players. Too. Yeah, that's the same thing. They'll, they'll then have to put a cap on, on uh, how much a, a baseball player, a football player can earn. And that's where, where people may wake up. But to doesn't that impact other companies like the watch companies, the, the luxury car companies, the homes, large homes? I mean, you'd be impacting literally every aspect of everybody's life. Yeah. You can't you can't buy a high end bourbon or a high end tequila because you can't afford it because you're not making the money you were. So it doesn't just impact that. It would impact small business. It would impact large business. Anything in the luxury line would be gone. Well, that's the be no luxuries. That's, that's the idea of the socialist communist plan. What they will is flatten everything. They they bring the top down and the bottom up and everybody's there in the middle. And that's mm. a recipe for mediocrity in every part of your life and every part of a country's existence. And it's not a good thing. And we drifted off the automotive topic to that's get right. into it's still good to, good my, to discuss. It, I it think is a good discussion. But because if you, you'd lose Ferrari, they'd go out of business. Porsche. Yeah, all, the, all the luxury cars. Whether are you gone. can afford one or not, new or used, there wouldn't be any used market if there wasn't any new market. 
Well, so that would be interesting. It certainly would change things if Ferrari or any of the luxury supercar makers went away. The prices on the existing inventory and used cars would go through the roof because people who still had money were, would try to hide it in places yeah. like those cars. Uh, Lauren, what are you driving this week? What do we need to look out for? Oh, I've got all kinds of vehicles. Uh, next week, I'll be at NACTOY, which is North American Car and Truck of the Year uh, week, where we get to the final drive of all the vehicles that are running. Uh, we're down to a dozen in each category. I have just posted, uh, I'll give you a couple of cool vehicles. A Kia Soul. It's a GT line. It's kind of cool. I, you know, it's one of those love and hate it's. The Lexus TX got posted last week. It's doing really, really well. Uh, Kona, the Hyundai Kona. That just got posted, and I will be posting the Mercedes-Benz GLC, the ultimate luxury SUV, at a not too high of a price. And we have a lot more cool vehicles, Jeep Grand Wagoneer, the all-black, called the Obsidian Edition. So I've been driving a lot of vehicles, and uh, I'll be posting those reviews mixed in with uh, car information on the UAW and some other interesting things, including kill switches, which I find very interesting that passed in the infrastructure bill and it never got pulled out. So be forewarned, everything you say in a new 2026 or newer car is going to be part of the data that they're going to collect. Yeah, and they can shut it off whenever they want. Anytime they want. This is why you have to follow Lauren Fix, and you have to go to Car Coach Reports, the YouTube channel, each and every week, maybe a couple times a week. Lauren, as always, thank you, my friend. Thank you. And there she goes, and here I go. It's Michael Pelka in for Rich Zioli. I'm the Zioli Show. Thanks for listening to the Zioli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHD and the Odyssey app. More cowbell. More cowbell. It's Michael Pelka randomly shouting things into the microphone as I sit in for Rich Zioli on his uh, fourth hour today. Rich is on his way to Parks Casino. You should go. You should go and celebrate with him because I got a good feeling that the Phils are going to pull this out, and then it'll be even a bigger party, and that's a good thing. Uh, just trying to make sure we get to everything in this last precious few minutes before the great one, Mark Levin, gets in here. Uh, so many things I want to get to. Uh, Tom Elliott is the genius behind Grabian. We always talk about Grabian Media that posts a lot of clips on, uh, on social media. And uh, Tom Elliott put together a supercut showing just what a bunch of lion i can't even say it uh whack jobs the media are when it came to the alleged bombing of the hospital in gaza christian hospital by the way uh just uh, check out a little bit of this supercut and it opens with uh that other cuomo the lesser one but there is a great opportunity for misinformation, especially on social media. I caution you to be very careful about what you choose to believe and on what basis. Hmm. The horrific scene at a hospital in Gaza today, an explosion that killed more than 500 people. The government in Gaza says the Israeli Defense Forces uh, struck a hospital in the center of Gaza City. An airstrike hit a Gaza City hospital, killing at least 500 people. It's because of an alleged Israeli airstrike on a hospital in Gaza that Hamas health officials say killed more than 500 people. And when you're talking about 500 people, you have to wonder how many of those people are innocent civilians, at minimum hundreds of people have been killed in what they say was an Israeli airstrike. Where a hospital was caved in, killing hundreds and stranding an untold number under the concrete. By far, the deadliest Israeli airstrike ever. Hundreds. Now, I I stop this because we're only uh, 
an eighth of a way into it. These idiots, and it was sped up just to try and get as many of these clips in here in under four minutes. It's astounding how many of them ran with the story. And then today, the latest reporting is 500 people dead? No. Uh, Cut a zero off. They're putting the top at maybe 50 people died. And if you've seen the the pictures, the shots, uh, they show the parking lot got hit, not the building. Not the building. So uh, all those people screaming about a ceasefire, well, maybe you want to tone that down. Maybe you want to stop lying about stuff. And then there's Nancy Pelosi talking about the ceasefire with Dana Bash. So people calling for a ceasefire are premature. Well, again, I don't know what the nature of their ceasefire is, but the fact is, is that whatever happens, we have to protect the civilians, the, the, the people of Gaza who are not Hamas. The people of Gaza, who I think it was 17 years ago or 15 years ago, elected Hamas in such numbers that Hamas controls the country. And there has not been an election since Hamas took power. She wants us to protect those people. That's what Nancy wants us to do. Sure. Uh, I, I go back to the old axiom in regards to the Middle East. Uh, peace in the Middle East? Uh, well, there are people that say, well, if Israel would lay down their arms, we'd have peace in the Middle East. No. If the terrorists lay down their arms, we'd have peace in the Middle East. If Israel lays down its arms, there's no Israel. And then there's the question of, well, how do you uh, how do you ensure the hundred million dollars that Joe Biden just came up with yesterday to give to uh, Gaza? How how do you make sure it's not going to get in the hands of Hamas? That question was dealt with on CNN earlier today. The president pledged one hundred million dollars in an aid package to Palestinian civilians, innocent civilians in Gaza and the West Bank. How is the United States going to ensure that none of that ends up in the hands of Hamas? Uh, Well, as you know, this was a primary focus of the president's diplomacy uh, yesterday, both uh, in Israel, uh, where he met uh, with the entire Israeli security establishment, but also uh, in his phone conversations with regional leaders, uh, including President al-Sisi of Egypt. Uh, Getting assistance into Gaza is a complicated undertaking. It involves uh, essentially securing an understanding among uh, Hamas fighters uh, who control the checkpoints on the other side of the border, among uh, the government of Israel and among the government of Egypt. Ah, so he wants us to take the word of Hamas. Yeah, that's a good idea. Sure. Sure. I can't wait to hear what Joey Biden has to say tonight. I really can't wait. And I'll be watching. And I hope we're doing it on the heels of a a victory by the Phillies. It's Mike Opelka saying, thank you, boys, for keeping me on the rails tonight. I'll be back Saturday night, 8 to 10. Yeah, we got a little cutoff Saturday night, 8 to 10. Saturday night, be there. Michael Pelka in for Zioli on the Zioli Show. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7. Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.